scenario. I bought a hot dog roller. You did buy a hot dog roller, oh, which yeah. is still earning <laughs> stacks. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, They're it's, rolling in it. It's fucking wild. Uh, <laughs> That's so good and bad all together. <laughs> it's wild to think that, like, I just did that because we had to have to go food so we could sell, like, Six packs of fucking hams, yeah, that's right. and bottles of vermouth that we're trying to. We're just like, please buy a bottle of vermouth from us instead of the liquor store. Crowlers, it's more expensive, but yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. crowlered vermouth. That's a that's a great Ooh. like post punk band name. <laughs> just the crowlers, crowler is. vermouth. <laughs> I don't know if it's great, but it is a name for a post punk. Oh, that's absolutely a band I would go see. <laughs> Opening for fucking buttload of cradles. <laughs> I, I had this whole run, all the uh, dumb, all the dumb things that you have to like look for and bring to fests for when when you work in craft beer. Yeah, and when firkins were still a thing, <laughs> they all needed their own cradle. Yeah, for when you tap them, and yeah. I I went downstairs and I was <laughs> like, I, I was in the warehouse at Bet Paddle, and I was like, Hey, do we get do we have any extra like cradles sitting around here? And this dude, Sean, just pokes his head up from behind literally a tall a stack of kegs taller than him. He pokes his head out and he goes, cradles? Man, we got a buttload of cradles. <laughs> and then ducked back in. Like, wasn't going to help me find it. Just confirmed that there were some. Yeah, get, it, get to work. As yeah. one does. So then, so that became buttload of cradles, became like a, for sure a metal band. And then mm. the half punk, half metal band that was opening for them was, uh, if you've ever watched anyone at a beer fest, try and set up their jockey box for the first time. It's just chaos because they're all like igloo containers that have just been retrofitted with like tools from Home Depot. So <laughs> the band that played before Buttload of Cradles, who's the headliner, the band that plays before them is uh, Jockey Box Confusion, which okay. 100%. <laughs> I can I see would, some kids like skanking, but have it be harder. So they have to headbang while they're doing it. I would have set up Buttload of Cradles and the Silver Spoon. Yeah. Hey, whatever you want to do. You Little think boy, kids know how to skank still? I, I hope so. They're learning again. Yeah, the, the, I guarantee you, if if the way punk pop is popular again, if ska has like its fourth wave or whatever it is, yeah. there will be TikTok dance challenges that will be skanking. There's a band that I haven't listened to, but it, I know it exists, and I th they might be a ska band. It's King Lizard and the... Wait, King Lizard and the... Gizzard Wizard? No, King Gizzard King and the Lizard, Lizard, Lizard Wizard. Wizard. Yeah. yeah. And I... It sounds like a, it could be a ska band to me. So uh, I have no it's idea. Not a ska band. It sounds like 100% could be, though. It could be. But There's a lot of people not. in it. Oh, it's not? -na 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 -na. Metal band with horns? Uh, 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 you know my favorite ska song, obviously. I don't. Come on. Beer? Sammy Zane's theme song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know the wrestlers' theme songs by themselves well enough. Uh, okay. Like, it would be a really bad game. For you guys to be like, guess which wrestler comes out to this? Because unless oh. unless it's the glass breaking, I guess I would probably get Seth Rollins and Cody's songs. Or if you smell, like that's pretty much okay. it. So Everyone we else. A, we have an interesting side quest for, and this is an announcement alert. That's a good side quest for when, and we're planning to do this. It's like 90% happening. We're going to live stream watching... WWE Elimination Chamber. Live from Australia. Live from Perth. From Perth. At our time here in the U.S., 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah. With our friend Nerdy. Yeah. Former guest of the podcast. And we're finally <laughs> making 
Dark lunch. Yeah, baby. We're going to do dark lunch, which is like making lunch, but on the dark side of the moon, as opposed to making it during the day. Probably the only thing that we have talked about since the beginning of this show and not done. Did we talk about it on the show? Because this precedes the show by quite it some does, time. It does. I know we've probably, we've, we've probably definitely discussed I it. Know I know early on we for one. sure talked about it. I feel like that was a thing that we for sure. But we've also talked about, I mean, this is years yeah. in the making. Yes. And really we just needed a reason to stay up into the middle of the night and then eat a meal. Because I don't want to go to like, bed right after that. You're going to have Vegemite sandwiches? Oh, we might. Oh, we Vegemite. Some, some Fosters. <laughs> Canadian for beer. <laughs> we get way too literal about it. I mean, I'm not mad about that. Yeah. I'll go for a pun at any time. Mm. Oh, man. Again, that ain't bad. That's not bad. For a... Uh, it's a little tart. Yep. A little acidy, but I'd drink it. I mean, shit, on a boat? I'll yeah. We boat. also, we go through a metric fuck ton of limes in our house, so I prefer things a little more acidic. Yeah. As somebody who also doesn't love sweet things, but we, yeah, we uh, we decided to bust out uh, since our guest was kind enough to bring a delicious bottle of tequila. We thought we would play suit uh, and give a tip of the hat to our wonderful sponsors at Beam Suntory. Uh, On the Rocks has an incredible line of um, ready to drink cocktails, RTDs, uh, from 100 mil to 200 mil to 375, 750s, and one liters. They're they're awesome, and they're all made with featured premium. Beam Suntory Spirits. So um, we brought a few. I don't know if we're going to get to all of them, but we did bring a few, like a, a, a melange mm. of RTDs. Um, Charles, I did not look this up. Is this... Hornitos. Uh, Hornitos. Delicious. So I'm assuming it's the Blanco. It is a an absolutely lime forward, as as our guest said. Uh, lime forward margarita. But little salt on there. Little dilution. Salt. I think that's... Yeah, that's that's what I'm wanting. Yeah, I think the boating context is quite appropriate for something like this too. Facts, yeah. you know, don't want to do any work. Grab one of these suckers, get yeah. on the boat. Well, and look, as somebody who always is a little extra when it comes to like going out on the boat or whatnot, it really is fucking annoying to have to like get together a bunch of bottles and you know grab your like whether you're going to use a shot glass or a jigger or whatever. Get your ice, get a spoon, get a shaker tin. Like these are really fucking great and i think we've talked about it before but i love pointing it out there is something i i love the little individual cans that a lot of rtds on the market come out in yeah there's something different about pouring out of a really nice glass bottle like i do just enjoy being able to do that and if you're somewhere a lot of you know public beaches and whatnot you can't bring glass just dump that in literally dump that into your big fucking yeti or your you would what did saturday at life call it? your big dumb mug yeah you know, Stanley, pour it into your yeah, Target limited Stanley edition $600 yeah. Stanley. Pour it into the Stanley that you blackened a 58-year-old woman's eyes to get. Uh, <laughs> go pour it in there. And that is, then you got you have, you got something to travel with. And then all you got to do is add ice. Um, I've, I think I've had the Manhattan. I've had the white Negroni. I've mm -hmm. had the Old Fashioned. Uh, did we do another one on the show? I think maybe... Trying to remember which one we did with Adam. I remember the white Negroni because it was the last one we did. Yeah. 
Adam oh, Witherspoon. I really want to try that, that white Negroni. Yeah, we'll bust that out for sure. Um, and they do they do also have two uh, lines coming out for spring and summer of 2024. They have a, a strawberry daiquiri and a blue Hawaiian. Yeah. And I will say that color-wise, they have knocked it out of the park. It looks exactly like what you're expecting it to look like. So I'm normally afraid of... When you see colors that bright, I my, my personal palate is afraid that they're actually going to taste like the color. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, what's that taste like? You're like, that it's fucking blue, bro. Like, uh-huh. that's it. It tastes, tastes like, like blue. blue. It's a Italian disco song from 1999. That's all you taste. <laughs> those little dudes. Is that that guy? Is that that guy that wrote a song to sound like it was in, in English? No, but that is a fascinating mm. story. God, to watch and that song is so good it's the song is great and it's really weird how it tricks my brain into thinking i should be able to understand the lyrics and right. i can't yeah that was it's in genius late 70s early 80s yeah it's yeah. older right yeah this was uh it's actually a, a fascinating <laughs> story if you want to go down a wormhole on like how pop music can create something bigger than people but also destroy people's lives uh the song I'm referring to, I'm trying not to say the title so I get it in anybody's head, but the group is called Eiffel 65. And they were three guys that weren't working together that were all working in the same studio but in different rooms. And one guy started playing a piano melody. The other guy was like, oh, my God, let me, like, sing on that. And then a third dude put a beat to it. But they never were friends, and they never liked each other. They just wanted to get a song that would get played at, like, the local discos in their neighborhood. And it goes on to be literally one of the biggest songs in the history of music. Is that Blue Babadiba? Correct. And they have spent the last, on and off, they've spent the last 20-plus years litigating it in court against each other. They, as far (laughs) as I know, (laughs) they never even toured. They were already done and one of the dudes was immediately ousted, and then the other two went back and forth on who had it, and now they just don't talk anymore. It's it's so strange and so amazing and so sad for something that on its face is so simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if, you, if you really want to go down, or if you're too young to remember when that was an entire era of life, uh, go back and watch the music video. Because it's arguably the worst music video I've ever seen. It's there. I that was playing on my honeymoon. Um, in in we were in Mexico, and the hotel room had like it was a Mexican station, but it was playing like American pop hits from like the '90s, and that came on over and over, along with like a whole bunch of stuff from like the Spice Girls and Pink and. Um, like we were obsessed with it because we hadn't seen these videos in so long. Yeah, it was like, and they were so bad, so bad. They're so bad and yeah. so like, <laughs> so just like, they look so like just fake. There's something mm-hmm. about them that just looks like there's Plastic-y. everything is just plastic and fake and so yeah. weird. Yeah. And like the people's faces were like all shiny all the time, and their hair was shiny all the time. Like everything's fucking shiny. Uh-huh. There's like shiny effects and those like fake lens flarey things. A single facial like, expression uh, throughout the video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just fucking crazy. It was, and like we spent way too much time sitting in bed <laughs> watching this. Just like I see nothing talking, wrong like, with this. Should we like go get something to eat? It's like, yeah, but what the fuck is this? When was the last time you heard this song? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious about uh, them, the infighting that goes on with Eiffel 65, and that who's trying to take credit for which portion of it's, a song. Like, 
No, I thought maybe we should there's know, a, there's drop, a, drop the beat here. <laughs> I think we needed one more Baba Dee Da Well, that's, a, that's the best part is, of course, <laughs> the song that became the hit wasn't the original version of it. And it was like somebody else did a little remix of it, and then they're involved in there. Uh, there's, a, there's a series. It's sort of like a behind the music, but it's on a song, not on a band. And they've done, uh, they did Blue, they did Who Let the Dogs Out, which is also has like 12 or 13 different litigants involved, including a high school football team from North Carolina (laughs) um, as to who came up with Who Let the Dogs Out. Uh, And then there's one on It Wasn't Me by Shaggy, which is also apparently very uh, contentious. Wow. But yeah, so uh, fucking A. Watch that video after the song and feel good about where you're at. The next time you bitch about your 4K not streaming perfectly, like, just remember that this is where we came from, you know? I was at my uh, uh, family friend's house, and they still have in the basement an old, like, chunk, chunk, chunk channel tube TV. Right. And I honestly, I sat on the couch, and I was like, how did I watch this? Like, how how on earth am I even able to see anything? Because everything is so blurry. Yeah. But that was was the best available. Best available at the time. You know, like I remember thinking Madden 99 looked like this is real life. Right. And then you go back and watch it. and It's all like block people. Oh, fuck. Looks like Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> Polygonal as fuck. Polygonal as fuck. That's how that's how the kids were. I want to see. I want to see that T-shirt. That's the new word I want to say on every episode. That's Polygonal. Two episodes. Yeah. Two, Polygonal. Two in a row. Polygonal. <laughs> Good old Charles Geometry Awards. Hey, and we're we're on the program with a fellow video game lover. Yes, yes, yes who also loves polygonal characters. Yes, the retro yeah. is the fun. Uh, we just looked up; it has been four months shy of four years since you were on this hot damn show. Yep. <laughs> uh, do you want to? Is it, is it so? Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was March. But yeah, four fucking years, yeah. guys. Yeah. Does it even seem like it for you? N- no, because there's that weird void of time that both seems like it yeah. took forever and took no time at all. I also, I have no <laughs> ability to, like when somebody was like, oh, I heard so-and-so was on your show. How, f- how long ago was that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really don't. There's a few that stand out because something crazy happened or whatever, mm. but even trying to remember that, I'm like, I'll just scroll until I find it. <laughs> I don't I don't understand how time works. And a, a lot of them feel like they were more recent than they actually were. Yeah. I was sold that it was it was two and a half to three years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you were like pretty like, oh, really? It's like three. I'm like, no, yeah. oh, it's four, man. Yeah. It was like 2019, and then it was right after that. Because where did we record? We recorded at Meteor. Yeah. Yeah. And right. you are? My, do you want my name? I do. Oh, my name's Rob Jones. And your bar, now almost four years later, just got a little notoriety. Yeah. Yeah. You want to you explain to the folks uh, what's recently happened? And- somebody, somebody who exists that has some level of, like, um, notoriety or um some level of like i guess like some cred yeah some credibility to them thought that meteor should be nominated for a james beard award and then it probably had to go through other people to get to the point (laughs) where it's at to the point where we actually did get nominated and it's fucking wild (laughs) it's it's the craziest thing that's ever happened to me like i love it um um you know like it's very um, it feels really good. Mm. Just, I think 
being in this industry for so long and like knowing how hard I worked for so long, like it feels awesome that like something that I helped create, um, you know, um, can achieve something like this. And like, just the nomination is amazing for me. Like, I don't know how it happened. Um, this wasn't the bar that I thought I was going to like have that was going to get a James Beard nom, (laughs) but, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of a testament to where the beard awards are at now, where they're kind of including not just what you would think would be a James Beard nomination for a bar program. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think when you think of it in your head, it's like they're shooting like smoke balloons from across the room and everything's on fucking fire. And you know, there's like lasers and fucking your cocktail comes out in a fucking an old grandfather clock or some shit. Um, <laughs> you know, what's really weird is everything that you just described is kind of what was going on in that building when it was Donnie Dirk's zombie den. Yeah. <laughs> like they literally had fog machines that went off. Yeah. They had lasers. Yeah. Uh, instead of, instead of a grandfather clock, your final cocktail came with Andrea Bocelli singing yeah. Conti Partiro every night. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I have loved to bring that part back. Cause that was honestly my favorite part of that. <laughs> How does it not? <laughs> and that's everyone went there for clothes yep. because they wanted that part. And it was so great. And they did such a good job with it. Like, I, yeah, I had a lot of good times at Donnie Dirks. As it, was, did I. it was a fun spot. Their opening night was my 30th birthday. And so that yeah. was where we started it. And we all brought our own Nerf uh, double barreled shotguns in case there was a zombie <laughs> outbreak. That's amazing. And that ended up being the only bar that allowed them in. Everyone else was like, you can't have those. Those are weapons. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, please check my gun. Are you allowed to wear like bandanas and like hats and shit in clubs now? I haven't been to a club. Well, we don't really time. have a, a club in the Twin like, Cities anymore. Oh, that's right. <laughs> They're that's all gone. Right. Man, let's, let's yeah. start a secret club in here. There we go. Wow. I wouldn't go to that club. In the classy yeah. confines of the Semble yeah, so Mansion. you can not come. Yeah. <laughs> so you can be like, no, thanks. I'm good. I don't want to go. I don't to go to clubs. <laughs> I am old now. Well, uh, back to the James Beard thing, though, for a second. Uh, I don't want to speak for Charles, but I will say as a fan, like we, we, a lot of us felt that same pride, like a bar that the people who like, who follow where the crowds go, sure, took them a little longer to get to your neighborhood. And because of that, I think it developed an even more devoted following from a lot of us that were like, good. You know, like, yeah, stay where, stay where you need to be for your $20 glass of Sauvignon Blanc. I want to hang out with, with these people and try weird shit, try fun shit, try crazy stuff. Yeah. And we're not, you know, like our cocktails are, our cocktails are really good. We're not like, um, our, our, you know, our mission is still like, we can keep cocktails affordable. They can still be delicious and they should be for everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like, it's, we just want, you know, we wanted to make a neighborhood bar where you could get not just a beer and a shot, but you should also get a beer and a shot because yeah. that's great, you know, um, and you shouldn't feel like shit for it. And no one that comes in there should feel like shit for being there. So that's kind of like that, that like, that makes me feel good about like getting a James Beard on, you know, it's just like, fuck yeah. and it's like, and then getting, you know, getting the love from the community is great too. And it's like knowing that we are like an industry spot still and the industry supports us so much that makes us feel really good about it too. And it makes it feel justifiable because I'm not going to lie. I like, I had a lot of anxiety about it. Um, but that first week, um, was actually really hard for me. Um, just because I, I think like a lot of people also had that, um, idea of what a James Beard nominated bar program should be. And I Mm. didn't, think meteor made sense you know um but then looking at the rest of the noms this year you know there's like a distillery in 
uh, Anchorage, Alaska. There's a brewery in Vermont. I think it's in Vermont. Um, you know, there's other neighborhood style bars, but then there is those, you know, those really fancy cocktail bars that are, you know, were created with millionaire investors and have all this money and fucking glitz and glamour behind them and have PR firms and shit. And we don't have any of that. That's why I think it's fucking cool that we get to be part of this group too. It's like acknowledging the fact that like, you know, myself and Elliot fucking put that place together with like a little bit of our savings and like duct tape and like all of our savings, (laughs) all of our money, everything we had. And yeah. And some fucking nails and shit and a bunch of fucking hammers, you know, it's pretty cool. And I feel better about it now, but it was that, yeah, that first week. It was digest it. really hard for me. Um, but just, yeah, just like, because, you know, with, with things like that comes scrutiny. Um, and, you know, we're already seeing it, you know, it's like we're getting people that have never been there and then they get there and their idea of what they were going to get into is completely different. We're getting lots of phone calls for reservations and, um, you know what I mean? Like you don't have your food menu posted online. I'm like, well, it's three hot dogs. I can just tell you like, <laughs> what the food menu is right now. We have some chips and they change all the time. So, um, but, um, so now it's just, it's mostly like, it's been managing expectations because, um, you know, um, and that's the unfortunate part about it. And maybe like, maybe I should have some more shit on our website <laughs> that explains what we are, but I also kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just keep doing what we're doing because it got us to this point yep. and I'm happy. I don't want to change the bar because of this, you know, like I want my team to be comfortable working at the place that they're working at and that's what everyone likes right now. So, but I, it, it was like, man, it was, I didn't sleep and I was like, you know, we're getting like negative Google reviews now too. It's like, um, this is, this is definitely not a James Beard nominated bar. Like, or should, it doesn't deserve a James Beard award. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like, I'm just fucking, you don't, don't be a fucking shithead. Like, don't give me a fucking negative review. Like, enjoy the bar for what it is. You don't, don't fucking rate my bar based on yeah, like, you're not a James you're, Beard yeah, evaluator. like, like I've been to the fucking James Beard boards. Like all the fucking people there would love this bar. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Well, that's the thing. And like, if you really are mad about that, then fucking give James Beard a shitty rating. If you have to, <laughs> you know, it has nothing to do with the, the fucking bar. Like if, if the team that you're not cheering for wins a game, yeah. you can't be like that team sucks. Cause I don't like them. It's just like root for all the bars, man. Right. Like all the, we have so many great places in this town. Like, Root for them all, man. You know who has it too easy right now? Small business restaurateurs. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I mean, I love the way that things are changing with things like the beards and even to some degree, not enough, but to some degree, like the Michelin program. Mm-hmm. Yep. With the beards, it's sort of turned on its head a little bit where it's not just about fine dining. Mm-hmm. That's changed a lot in the last, I would say, like 15 years. But they started doing, you know, you start to see like, historical family owned establishments get like the i forget what it's called the the prestige legacy, award, the legacy yeah, the prestige award. Award, yeah. yeah the, you know those were like for delis and stuff they wouldn't otherwise receive a james b award just for existing but now you see sort of the the appendages spreading out a lot further for places that deserve recognition but don't just all do the same thing just some do it slightly better than others and i love seeing that yeah and i think like that speaks to us a lot too and people who actually enjoy food, like we all love going to like Michelin star restaurants, you know what I mean? And like enjoying the entire, like the fine dining, like persona and like, you know, amazing service and like, you know, multiple course out things. And we love that. But like, 
we also love to eat fucking roast beef sandwiches down the street, you know, like, like equally. <laughs> so it's I, like, it makes sense what the beards are doing. And like, if Michelin's kind of moving in that direction, that's awesome too. You know, it's like, um, I remember when I was cooking, um, when I was in culinary school, like I went to my first James Beard, uh, award-winning restaurant. It was called Cowboy Chow in Phoenix, Arizona. And I had like this mushroom dish and it, it like, completely fucking blew my mind i'm like oh okay like i kind of get like why a place would get this and i learned more about it i was like i didn't really know what it was but it was like everyone at school is telling me i should go check this place out because it has a james weird award like Mm -hmm. and at that point you know like i never in my fucking wildest dreams thought that like something that i did outside of like unless i was a chef would be nominated for something but then you know like the the more you experience stuff like that the more you kind of understand what it is. And back then I remember my chefs telling me like you had to get one of those and to get like a Michelin star, you can't even have like cans. Like you can't have canned things like, and I don't know if it's changed since then and they changed the rules, but like, yeah, you can't have, you can't serve people things that come from cans. You have to like, everything has to be like done by you and like processed by you. You can can and jar your own stuff, but you can't like, buy a can of tomatoes there are spoken and unspoken rules yeah basically people observe kind of white tablecloths as being a coverall pun intended because places that don't use white tablecloths and silverware often are just like instantly no you are not going to qualify mm-hmm. i read a long form feature a couple years ago about some places that are were being like subversive and saying like we don't want to qualify and if it means ripping the tablecloths off our tables so that evaluators come inside and then turn around in the turnstile, that's fine with us because we don't want to be a part of the program, which is also fine. But something as small as that can be something that is critical to your success. So it's it's moving at a more, it's definitely moving at a more glacial pace than the beards are. Mm-hmm. You know, the first Indian restaurant in New York City to get a single star got it a year and a half ago that was Damaka, and i'm like holy shit one star for an indian place in new york so that happening was a good thing but it also illuminated the fact that why is this the case yeah i i think we've done that like our generation of folks has sort of broken that barrier down across a lot of different areas you know like i i had a discussion in my office today with another gentleman over the age of 40 we were both wearing nice sneakers at work and somebody who was 10 years older than me pointed out like you know we didn't used to be able to do that i was like well yeah i get it but like things things change yeah and i love the fact that it finally like everything has started to reflect itself like you don't have to put on a costume to go to a place to sit in a place that's basically wrapped in wrapping paper and get delicious things, and then thank everybody, and go home, take your costume it, off, and go be a real to, person. You can. you can, and I love playing dress up. Yeah. So there are times that I want to do that, but I love the fact that a lot of the places that we haunt the most, Rob, your bar included, I could show up from a wedding and fit in, and I could show up straight from the gym and fit in. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like. Hopefully, I've showered and like you know I smell nice, <laughs> oh, but like. I could roll in like I love that in a lot of a lot of my favorite places in a lot of cities fit in that container and I I love that like let's put out really good honest food really good honest drinks and let's make everybody feel comfortable while they're here that's that's hospitality to me man that's how I run in my house 
And I just, I love, I don't know, I love seeing that reflected. Yeah, I think it's cool that it's being acknowledged on a national level. It's it's really cool. It's it's still overwhelming and it's mind-boggling and like I still have some issues dealing with it once in a while. But <laughs> it's, it's really neat. Well, it's, we can take the we can take the focus off that. My my team has been amazing at like just like saying like fuck that we deserve this like like don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, as outside observers, we can say. Fuck that, you deserve it. Yeah, fuck that, you deserve it. Thank you. The only thing that worries me about Meteor as a whole is how much longer that agave shelf is going to last. Oh, because it's... Because it's... I'm watching it bow in real time, and I get nerves every time I'm there. We have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't do it while I'm there. I just don't want to see them all fall. We got some ideas for it. (laughs) I'll grab a straw. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. It's... Strategic depletions. It's not friend. even me anymore. It's like it's all Tyler now. Like Tyler's obsessed now. Yeah. Like yeah. And then it was Javi, and now we got right. Mikey Hidalgo working there too now. So it's just gonna like. Rad. Oh really? Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. It's gonna be. We had we had a bunch of turnover right when this happened, and now it's just like, like busy, all the time. And now I have to bartend all the time. <laughs> oh, Every man. time wow. you get out, I haven't seen uh, you back there in a minute. They drag I, you back in. I'm there. I am there now. Yeah, you know I'm what? Not you late know? anymore. I, I can't do late, man. I got a kid now. It's like, <laughs> I can't do the lates. Yeah, it's, uh, I didn't necessarily expect that you would end up as a as a beard nom, but I wasn't oh. surprised to see it. What I've kept my eye on for the last few years is the 50 Next, which you were on 50 Next last year, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, the 50 um, Next. And then I was like, because the next thing that comes after that is you make it on the top 50. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I, I would love that. Twin Cities don't really do that. I know. I would appreciate that a lot. I like that one because um, it's, uh, I know, I know, I understand how the voting works. Sure. Yeah. The beard stuff. I don't, so I have a theory. Um, so, sorry. So the, the 50 best yep. um, is, it's voted on by like your peers. So like mm-hmm. um, um, someone has, you have to be in the list and then you get to vote for um uh, you get to pick, vote for, I think it's eight. I don't know. I'm not saying that I know this personally. I am not saying that I'm a voter. Um, but um, that's that's my understanding of it anyway. Um, so that's like all, that would be all like bartender peers and like bar owners and shit like that. So that would be awesome. My understanding of the Beard Awards is you have to be nominated by someone who's either won one um, or has been nominated like multiple times yeah. or something. Um, so I have my theories about who that could be. And it like, it could be Toby, who's like my mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it could be, um, like maybe Emma Jansen. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's so weird. Yeah. Well, just, it's so weird, guys. Just, just don't, yeah, just don't, don't, <laughs> don't I'd say just don't, don't, don't diminish the accomplishment because it's, it's yeah, so yeah. much thicker than that. It's well, not just like, like turning into Toby a therapy session. Like, These guys are cool. I think know? we should have some of that tequila now. Yeah. I'm good yeah. with it. Let's drink you, about it. What'd you, uh, yeah, what did you, <laughs> what did you bring? Yeah, there's like a timer or something. Is that still a thing? We don't no, know. we got rid of that. That's, That's how long ago it's been. <laughs> That's ancient. I think that one died no, after let's like. let's get into our topics and then. Well, yeah, but weren't we going to pour tequila to do that? No, we're drinking this. Oh, well, I still need more. Well, mine's almost empty. I like that well. I said still. Are you okay? Your topic one, so yeah. I'll, I'll pour this for okay. you, and then you uh, ask the topic, then we'll cheers. And this is where this is we're gonna swap this one out, correct? Because we didn't. 
Yeah, I yeah. thought I sent you the updated. So you have that? You have that, right? I do not have the updated. Uh, but that's all right. I got, no, it's right I got here. it. I got it. Pa-pow. One second. I'm quick. Quick on the draw. <laughs> quick, send this to space and then back yeah. to my device. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we... Uh, due to some scheduling difficulties and a little bit of a medical issue, we had to swap out some stuff. So we had some, we had a different group of topics for a different guest, and then we were kind of going back and forth on. I'm stuff. happy to answer those topics. Oh no, no, is it like a? This was fun because this was. Uh, this you can was just a, pretend I'm that person. Oh no, no, this is way more fun because okay. we wanted like we know you and we love okay. you and we want to kind of go back and forth on that. This was. Um, uh, this was a question that Charles and I were texting about earlier, and I think this is a rad one, and I wanted to swap out one of mine for this question for you. So we both traveled around. We've been fortunate enough to travel around to a lot of fucking rad places, right? So if you could just say, like, fucking Excel spreadsheet, insert row here. If you could put a lot in your neighborhood and then go anywhere in the world and pick a single bar up, like foundation and all, and then carry it back and put it right there in your neighborhood. Oh, man. Whose bar, what bar are you stealing to become your neighborhood hang? Your haunt? I mean, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't live that far from Grumpy's <laughs> already. <laughs> so it's like, um, I, Grumpy's is still one of my favorite bars. Um, Fuck yeah. I mean, I had my first my first tales of the cocktail in New Orleans. I had a very very memorable and special experience at the Aaron Rose, um, <laughs> hanging out with a bunch of like bartenders it's and like people that I just met from Chicago, um, and became like like very good friends with some of them. Um, and those friendships actually ended up like kind of shaping uh, portions of my career and being able to like let me have opportunities that I might not have had. So um, the Aaron Rose. I mean, shit, man. Like, yeah, I, I, I think it's gonna ha it's gonna be somewhere in New Orleans. I just, I, I love New Orleans so much. Um, so yeah, I the Aaron Rose. I think just because of that, it was six and a half hours. We just sat like yeah. in Aaron Rose back where uh, they used to have killer po boys in the back room there. Yep. And you could still smoke cigarettes then, and I smoked cigarettes then, and I like I got up twice maybe to like wants to buy a pack of cigarettes <laughs> and then like and people just kept coming in and like leaving like we would just swap out people but i just like stayed there and got to meet all these great people it was the most memorable experience i've had in a bar for sure for our listeners out there that haven't been to new orleans aaron rose is uh it's the only place that i have to go every day when yeah. i'm in new orleans yeah uh the last time my wife and i were there with the exception of the last day when we both had norovirus uh, we both, we, we hit it every single day. And again, it's a great, it would be dangerous to have as a neighborhood pub because I usually start out my day at the Aaron Rose <laughs> with a little, little coffee, Irish yeah, coffee. Frozen Irish. Yeah. How are you not gonna, but yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 like a punk rock Irish pub in the middle of New Orleans. Yeah. You can insert any picture that you want. It's like just off bourbon and like far enough off bourbon that like the people that are just going for bourbon aren't going to like fuck your day up. Like they're going to like walk right past it because it doesn't yeah. look like the place they want to go. There's they, no, those daiquiri machines. There's no, there's no, there's no three that. like yard glasses. Yeah. There's no beads plastic saxophones. Yeah. <laughs> Although I mean, one plastic saxophone I'd be fine with. <laughs> oh man. 
the classic saxophone full of hangover juice. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm uh, I'm glad that's a part of my past, but I am glad I did that. Uh, but yeah, I love I love that answer. I think that's that's legit. I just would not. I'd have to quit my job yeah. if the Aaron Rose was down the street. I still I used to live <laughs> like as close to Grumpy's as Charles, and like, and it was like I was there constantly. It's nice to have right there. But then again, I met so many great people. It was like yep. right when I moved back from Arizona, and I lived in Northeast, and I would go to Grumpy's when I get off work, mm. and it was like it was great, man. Like I haven't been in forever, but I feel like it's really fucking busy all the time now. Yeah. Is it? Do you know Grumpy's? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. But it's. I used to like be able to like play darts in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah I mean? like, it's like reasonably busy. What, you know, the time of night that I like how busy it is, is at the very end of night. Cause there just aren't many late night bars. So yeah. it's cool to be able to go there after mm-hmm. another after bar or yeah. like bar closing, head over to Grumps. And then a lot of people probably have the same idea. Yeah. But it's fun to to go to a place where like, hey, you guys are also still drinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. two blocks from my home, so I can just stumble home. Usually everyone there is just really great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great crowd of people. Mm-hmm. Pat always has the best music on. Mm-hmm. Pat, 70s and 80s punk rock fucking legend. Yeah. And I love the way that he curates the music. Yeah. I miss our Friday happy hours when him and I used to cook together. That was that was a blast. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my key for that place is I just show up there right when they open. Like swinging at the end of my work day, get a little early happy hour, and then right when it starts filling up, up, oh, see you later. Oh, man, the, the beer world. <laughs> now you're the everything world. Now I'm the everything world. <laughs> uh, Charles, where are you, what are you stealing? What are you going Carmen San Diego on? I want to do this on the fly, and I'm like, is it partly, like, cultural, you know, thinking about what I'd want here that I can't access readily, so should it be something more distant? And I couldn't shake the the feeling of like how cool it would be to bring a Mexico City bar to yeah. my corner because there's so many fucking fantastic bars there. And then it's like, which one do you pick? Like Handshake Speakeasy, Hanky Panky. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just gonna t- take the obvious selection and say Licoreria Limantour. Yeah, Ooh. it's just it's summer anytime. You know, like when you drink cocktails there it just makes you feel sunshine in your heart and it's sunny in there because like the big windows and everything it's like very bright all the furniture is brightly colored yeah but yeah. you get like the el pastor margarita uh, and that's just like sunshine <laughs> in a glass it's just absolutely perfect every time so i just i think that that would be a spot that i would love to be able to access anytime yeah. i'm just enamored with that entire cocktail culture there I've yeah. I've mentioned it on the pod before, and Rob, I know we've talked about this. The, the access to ingredients, too. Yeah. Oh of those man. Like places, man. Like, yeah. I was I was talking to someone about like Arca the other day, and just like, just like the breadth of ingredients that they have to work with to make cocktails. Just yeah. Like growing around them, and like access right. to really amazing fruit is like, it's so cool. So yeah, I I see. I I like that vibe, man. I would, I would, I might change my answer. <laughs> yeah, to, somewhere in, <laughs> yeah. to somewhere in Mexico City Yeah Or so, just in Mexico Dude the bars in Tulum too man Jesus Like fucking Arca and Hartwood And the Hartwood's like a restaurant It's just like a Like a Just Just a big <clears throat> fire pit They make the most amazing food oh, yeah. And then the cocktail program is insane And it's like they're not even Love trying it. to do that But it's insane 
That's uh, the feeling that you get yeah. In, yeah. in Mexican bars. That's why. And everyone's having the best time. Yeah. And it, it feels effortlessly sexy. You know, yeah. it's interesting to see handshake speakeasy like skyrocket. I think they're number three now. But when I went in, they were in the 20s or something. And it, with all the breadth of places uh, there that 20s. rank. I know it's just every, <laughs> there's just so many that rank. It's silly. Yeah. Like everywhere in Mexico City mm-hmm. is somewhere on that fucking list, which is crazy. But, you know, that's if you have no barometer otherwise, you're yep. like, all right, well, let's check it out. And that place was fucking dynamite. Yeah. Unbelievably good. And they're all really different, but they're all they all feel fairly effortless. I know, like, hanky-panky, they do a lot of wizardry, and you got to come through the, the taco shop and all that shit. But the drinks themselves are just properly done. Mm-hmm. It's not tchotchkes and bubbles yep. being shot across the room. It's just really, really well done, properly balanced drinks. And that's so fucking cool. There was a, so a cool. that worked there for a minute. It was uh, Barrett. Uh, At hanky-panky? Barrett. Yeah, not our Barrett. Um yeah. This is like this is like ten years ago. Mm. Eight years ago. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's funny you talk about she, access to ingredients because there at Hanky Panky, the bartender is complaining about certain bottles that he can't get. He's like, If you send me stuff, I'll give you my address, like we'll be friends. Yep. It's so cool. <laughs> like Cookie Americano I, dude, and shit like in, that. I know. Every, <laughs> all dude, everyone in Mexico is so great. <laughs> It's like yeah. every drinking establishment you go to, it's like the best fucking people having the best goddamn yeah. time. It's so much fun. Let's go. It just makes it so much more fun. It, is a, it makes you just like want to send like every bartender that I meet, like just like, just go, go there here. and like see what this is like. And like you, you can do that. Yeah. We can have that. Go yeah. and do like, the thing. Just and go then be there. All we need to do is just have fun. Like, fun. I mean, Absolutely. I'm always here to interject that into things. Yes. I think that's the. The key to it is everybody have a little bit more fun. <laughs> everybody just have a little bit more fun, <laughs> and then we'll be all right. You know, it's hard to be mad at the world when you're laughing. It's true, or it's a response to. Either way, it's definitely fine. makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yes, maniacal laughter <laughs> in serious situations, or, or just you, you, him in general. I don't. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't go to a lot of funerals. Um, yeah, so I this question is crazy for me because I think about every half an hour my answer has changed. Yeah, and. Reflecting off of what the two of you went with, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go with a not not cool, not known pub. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this one exactly, although my ideal of this is built around this. So years and years ago in a different life before I had met any of you, I went to Europe with uh, somebody that I was very close with. And we had a friend of ours sort of help with booking all of the travel because we were doing three different countries in Europe and skipping between them all via plane. And somehow, <laughs> somehow we ended up getting booked at a hostel in a shitty neighborhood in London instead of a hotel that had a very similar name <laughs> in a nicer neighborhood. <clears throat> and I've seen this movie. Yeah. And, we had, we had been traveling for a very long time and we happened to be in Europe right when the dollar was at its lowest in 2008. So it was quite possibly the most expensive trip I will ever take yeah. uh, just in the amount of money that everything cost. And we were not financially flush, should we say. So getting to London and literally watching uh, a sex worker get picked up off the front steps of the hostel we were staying at it was, a, it was a pressure point that had come to a head. And I said, rather than fighting in a hostel with 
I don't know, 17 drunk Spanish college kids around us. Let's just go find a pub and we can talk through this and we can figure out like, do we have enough money to get a hotel? Like, what should we do? And about a block down from this hostel was a place, and I just found it as we were talking, a place called the, <laughs> Duna, the Dunari Pub. And this is why I want to take it, and I want to smash it somewhere in my neighborhood, <laughs> because it was a proper British pub that served a proper Indian menu. Cool. And that was the first time that I got to have a full pint and a fresh, hot curry out of the kitchen, cool. and I understood instantly where that came from like the minute because all of my european friends when i lived in norway were always like oh i just wish i could get a curry mate i'm like why why curry late at night like i had mm -hmm. bought in to all of the bullshit racist tropes from movies about how somehow curry just gives you diarrhea the minute you have a bite and <laughs> thanks ben stiller yeah like all that shit <clears throat> and i i just had never i had never really been around indian food and then I finally, like in college and then after, started eating a lot of Indian food. And we have a couple wonderful restaurants here in the Twin Cities that I think are great. But none of them, to the best of my knowledge, have really great bar programs to go with it. Nor do they have a bar area where it's meant for hanging out. And there's nothing better for hanging out than an Irish or a British or a Scottish pub. Mm -hmm. The stools are meant for sitting in for a long period of time. Beers are imperial pints, so they're 20 ounces. You hang out, you get a proper pour of Guinness, you get a beautiful harp. I'll even take a fucking Heineken on draft and then have a gorgeous, luscious, spicy, piping hot fucking curry come out. And you get some, get some bread, you're just dipping. That was like, I would love to have that in my neighborhood for end of the night. Yeah. I think that would be great. You're yeah. reminding me of Pub Royale in Chicago. Yeah, that sure. Place, that place is dope. Yeah, God, I love that place. That's um, where that's where the idea. That's where I I stole the idea to do the dressed dressed yeah. toms. Yeah, the dressed hams because they're the ones who I believe invented that and just banging Indian food. So imagine that with with more patina and more old guys telling you stories in accents that you're in love with, mm -hmm. and that's basically what Dunari is. Like oh. I was sitting, I was by far and away the youngest person at the bar. And I'm sitting next to these old dudes who just want to tell me stories about yeah. towns I've never heard of. And, like, people. Like, this guy next to us was referring to everybody by first name. as like, And then Peyton, he went and said this. And then he's told Albert. And I'm like, I don't, okay. Uh -huh. I'm just <laughs> nodding along. But it was great because you just get a cross-section of, like, some dude's yeah. life. Like, the discussions felt like a Northeast bar, like a, a nightcap or a, a Grumpy's mm -hmm. earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, you're getting that but in a British setting with this incredible Indian menu. Yeah. And that was like, I would just, I would love that. And I don't have that combo. He's got good sure. Indian food here. Well, I mean, Gandhi Mahal was my favorite and now they have, uh, what is it? Curry to go. Okay. So you can order it, but it's ghost kitchen style. Gor have Gorka Palace. Gorka Palace is pretty amazing. Gorka Palace is great. Yeah. Okay. Dancing Ganesha. I just want to make I've sure. I've had some good dishes there. Right. I, really I just want to like make sure I'm like, okay. Yeah. There's, yeah, those are some, those are some high quality. I, when I was in sure. London with Pip, um, we went to we had Indian food several times, and it was like mind blowingly yeah. amazing. And I was just like, "Holy shit! Why can't we have food like this? Like, what, what, I'm is, what is holding us back from this? What is like, what's wrong?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, definitely took that back with me. Yeah, 
to resolve the story, also a couple pints, a shot of whiskey, and a curry do a whole lot for people that are travel weary. Yes. And we figured it out, and the rest of the trip was awesome. So I will always credit that pub, which then we went back to the next two nights because you have to. Yeah. When you find a spot. Yeah, hey, you're right down the street anyway. Swing through, you get to know the bartender, you know, like, ah, we're leaving and we probably won't be back. But it was fun becoming your friend for three days. Maybe we'll cross paths. I got to get back to Europe. Fuck yeah, we all do. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Cheers. To travels. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. I yeah, I would crush that bottle on a boat. Right? Yeah. And literally like a fucking dropper of saline solution. Yeah. And that would be, it's right there. So we kind of already touched on this, but let's sort of elaborate. So it's fucking rad that you're nominated for James Beard at Meteor. For each of us in the room, starting with you, Rob, is there anything you do have done or hope to do in the future for which you hope to receive an award or some form of recognition? Um, I just had a kid and I think it'd be really cool to get like, um, <laughs> a mug that says number yeah, one dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for next. <laughs> um, like, honestly, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I wonder if you always like, um, it's very new to me still. It's crazy. Um, like you, I constantly wonder like. Like, I wonder if he likes me. Like, he actually likes me. Yeah. And if he's going to like me, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, am I going to be good at this? And the, I don't know. It's just, like, always happening. And it's like, I think, like, you know, an achievement, I guess. I guess an achievement for me would be, like, um, having a relationship with my son in the future where, like, um, we actually, like, enjoy each other's company and, like, we can do shit. Because, like um my childhood was a little weird yeah. so like but it, being able to have that i think is would be like really really cool like because like that's one of those things it's like you know when you're thinking of becoming a dad you like you kind of like think about you know what your life was like and what it's you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's like how you could like screw things up and like all the things that could go bad and like um and that maybe that's just me because i always like i'm like the constant pessimist kind of like with things like i'm the first person to be like pointing out the negative things is like, maybe we should fix this and maybe we should fix this and maybe we should fix this. So like, um, like I, I don't know, that's just like part of my brain, but like, I think, uh, um, that would be, that would be dope to just like, I don't know, some stupid little father's day trophy or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, eventually. And it, yeah. And from him, mm-hmm. like, I don't want my wife, I don't want my wife to buy it. That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's generic. Can I, can I, I, I don't have kids and, what you were just explaining is part of the reason I never had a des- desire to have kids, yeah. but to back you up on that, on that thought, um, a very good friend of mine that you two both know, I don't want to air out his, his world on, on the show, but very, very good friend of mine, uh, and his wife texted me, uh, they live a block away from one of my favorite bars. And they said, is there any chance that you're out? We want to, we want to meet up with you. And I was like, actually, weirdly, I'm just pulling in <laughs> to go to this bar and I was going to text you guys and see if you're home. They were like, we are, it's our daughter's 21st birthday and she wants to come say hi. I'm like, rad. So we're hanging out, we're in the bar and I'm talking to this young woman that I've been seeing since she was, you know, an, an ankle height little, little, little potato. Yeah. And now she's this, this wonderful, amazing, brilliant 21 year old. And, uh, I 
bought her a drink and we were chatting. Her mom and dad were on the other side of me chatting. And she's like, I was like, I love that you're here with your parents. And she's like, ugh, I know. Like, you probably think it's like lame, right? I'm like, no, like, I love your dad. I have known your dad since I was 14 and he was the coolest kid that I fucking knew. And I love the fact that he is still like, he's one of the few humans in my world that I've never met anybody that doesn't like him. And there's nothing I love more than the fact that you wanted to spend your 21st birthday. I love that with him and with your mom. Like I, I don't, I, that, that is a completely foreign feeling to me. And I think it's really cool when I see it in other kids. Like, I'm yeah. not like mad or jealous. Right. I'm like, dude, that's fucking awesome that you guys built that because yeah. you built it together. Yep. You know, like that's all parties involved. And that means that not only is she rad as the kid, but mom and dad are fucking rad as the parents. And collectively you form this family unit that it brings me joy and I had mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. The first time I ever got to have like a beer with my dad was at Meteor. And it was like when wow. he finally came. Um, and it was before we, it was before the shutdown and stuff. And it's just because like, um, you know, like issues that we had and then issues he had with drinking and stuff for a while. So it was like, I never like got to do that. And it was like, he actually pointed it out. He's like, you know, this is the first time we've ever had like a beer together. I was like, like, yeah, that's crazy. I guess. Yeah. That's great. And I was 40 years old (laughs) at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like speaking of like what what you were saying is like, uh, um, uh, you guys know Ainsley Jones, mm-hmm. uh, like knowing that his daughter is like bartending at uh, Fake Attaboy, um, <laughs> whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, that makes that yeah. s- brings me joy too. I think yeah. that's really cool. Like it's so cool, man. Like his daughter is like bartending at like a place, and she's learning how to make great cocktails. You know, what I mean, she's actually learning the stuff. It's oh, so cool. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. It's yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. I got to uh, uh, I got to see her uh, two weeks ago. And I was like, tell your dad he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I, no, I said, tell him he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. And he was like, you know, that's my daughter, right? I'm like, that's exactly why yeah, I'm saying yeah. that. <laughs> if, you, if it was just a stranger, I'm, it's not as funny. Yeah. I just want to make sure that she's keeping you in check the same way that I do. And I hope that you do the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> like we're just dumb animals. So cool. <clears throat> it's awesome. Yeah, we, have, uh, we, have, we have a lot of wonderful friends that have a lot of wonderful kids. And that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I should, wish I didn't wait so long. <laughs> I wasn't ready though. God, yep. No, I can imagine. Happened. It happened at the right time. Just mm-hmm. like you're getting nominated. <laughs> See, there it is. Quam, <laughs> what do you got? Oh, what award do I? I mean, it would be. It would be really cool to eventually get to a point where they have to create some sort of an award thing for podcasts and then to get nominated for something. I think that would be rad because I love the story of this entire thing, but I don't know how likely that is. You think I'll run out of Rodney Dangerfield gifts by then? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly adjusting time. Like, hey, I get nothing over here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I think that that's... For a long time, it was it was script stuff, and and even though it was just like a local like Minnesota film festival, like I got to I got to win an award for a, awesome. a thing that I wrote, and of course, like me and the director somehow found a way to like turn it into like a shtick, and I'm still mad about that because the one thing I didn't say was like, hey, like thank you, this 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 means a lot, 
because I have a really tough time when compliments are actually thrown my way. Yeah, me too. I get real uncomfortable yeah. and like blah. And um, the thing, I love everything that I've, I've well, most of the things that I've written, and I'm very proud of them. And I like that I can still look some stuff up online and I can laugh at it. And most of the jokes still land. I, I love, I love that you're saying that because like, you know, those, like the things that you can't fall asleep because you think oh, yeah. about the shit that you regret. I have a pile of those that are exactly like what you're talking about. Right now. Just like, I wish I would have taken this more seriously. Yep. Like it goes back to like when I was in like, when I was like 11 years old and someone called my house and asked for me. And as a joke, like I said, and this is like, you know, like there was no caller ID. Right. Like I, I like jokingly said like, no, he doesn't live here and like hung up. And that was like the stupidest thing in the world because like I had no way to get, I know like I thought it was funny. Yeah, like, of course. And you know what I mean? Like the, the amount of times that I've like not allowed myself to be like vulnerable and like accept things. Oh my like, God. Like it's insane. Yep. And I could like, man, I could like make a giant list of times I'd like had to be an idiot instead of like, it's brutal. Oh man. Yeah. And I, I have lots of those. I've just forced enough of them to come to fruition that it's like, Oh, okay. That actually turned out neat. And a lot of the music stuff, like I'm still really proud of, uh, even though unfortunately some of my collaborators are not in my world anymore on purpose. But uh, were you an Eiffel 65? I mean, listen, I was the fourth Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I was blue is, is really what when I was. he gets that check, he's out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, but no, the, I, to bring it back to this show and, and why why it would be really cool not that I come out like busking for credit. I, it's amazing the amount of people like I vomit shit out on social media all the time about what's going on in my world and like what's going on in my head and talking about mental health. And that's to mostly people that know me like social media for the most part in my world is just people that have met me or have worked with me or, you know, know me through one thing or another. And the amount of people who I don't know who have either emailed or direct messaged or stopped me on the street to say something about like therapy has been normalized because they listen to us talk about it or I didn't know how to talk about shit with my parents until I heard a lot of like your guests talking about stuff and you guys talking about stuff. And I just want, I want more people to understand that that's okay. And sometimes getting a light shown on something allows more people to hear it. And if we can make people forget about how tough life can be from time to time and laugh a little bit, maybe learn a couple cooking techniques or how to make a cool drink. And then also like push or nudge you <laughs> to take care of yourself a little bit more. That would be a legacy that I would be, if that was the only thing I was ever known for, I would be so fucking proud of that because nope. it's, it is hard. And I, we've in the entire, in just the short amount of our friendship, Charles, we've both completely shifted in our relationship to self care and to therapy and to fucking moisturizing skin and all that kind of <laughs> shit. Like it's, I don't do, know. Do you guys think it's, it's because we're getting older and we're just a little bit smarter about shit. It's part of like it. a self-preservation thing. Or do you think it's just like, and like, do you think we could even, you could even like preach that to younger people and they would care? Like I'm just, I've been thinking about that a lot is like, um, especially since having a kid, right. I'm yeah. like, 
I'm like, oh my God, my cholesterol sucks. I can't just eat cheeseburgers. And like, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I, I've had to change a lot of stuff just yeah. because now it's like, well, I need to be alive for, you know, like he's shit. He's going to be in high school and he'll graduate high school and I'll be 68 years old. So, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> is that right? I think that's right. I'll be like 60. <laughs> um, um, so I'm just thinking like a lot about like, are we just doing this? And it's like my circle of friends doing this. And it was like this, this move towards like health and wellness just well, because we are getting older. Is it like, is it just, there is a movement in general? And no catch like, all. Yeah. And, and are we, and maybe we're overcompensating because we didn't get any of that from our parents. For sure. Maybe. I think that, okay. So like cholesterol, for instance, is a, is a thing that is only a problem when it presents itself as one. So we think we're invincible in yeah. those ways until someone says, Hey, hang on a second. You're bordering on, high cholesterol or sodium or, or any of those things, sugar. But when it comes to taking care of one's mental health, that's one of those areas where I feel like the kids are all right yep. because I see younger generations who are enduring traumas just of societal and ecological nature. Yeah, because everything's that right we in front of us all the time. Yeah, there's right. But I think that kids think about that a little more actively, perhaps at times to their own detriment. But when I was a young man, I was just trying to figure out how to drink as much liquor as possible and party with my friends. But I wish I had someone I respected at the time tell me to calm down or to like, you know, seek therapy for the my childhood things that I endured. But I thought that that's, you know, not an option for me. I didn't know how to access it. So maybe there are people that listen to us, how, whatever age they are, because there are people older than us too, the old dog, new tricks scenario, right? Oh, yeah. Where maybe someone older than us hears us talk about those things and says, shit, I've waited <laughs> 65 years to seek this out. And I think I just needed to hear somebody say it that I listened to on my stereo. Well, and maybe this is an antiquated way of looking at it, but everything else cool that's happened in my life kind of was pushed along because somebody older that I looked up to told me about it or turned me on to it. Yeah. Like sure. I think about like the, in high school, my friend, a couple of my friends had younger uncles or cool older brothers that would give us tapes and give us CDs. My friend Chad's brother, Ken brought me to a bunch of shows at like the 400 bar mm-hmm. and station four and Firefox. Like, and it turned me on to a different, different bands, different, sh- you know, uh, when I started bartending, it was a couple older guys that took me under their wing and would like bring me around and like, we'd sit at the bar and we'd get a drink and then they'd tell all these like other older bartenders to give me a piece of advice. <laughs> you know, like the, I love that, that there's, there's stones all along the cobblestone path of my life that were laid by other people who didn't need to. They were just like, fuck it. I got a stone. He seems like he's walking in a direction that yeah. seems familiar and throw it down. So if that's how we can pass it off to yeah. the next people, like now they have access to every song that's ever been written. And now younger folk, like they don't need to, they don't need somebody to teach them a secret recipe because every fucking recipe that's ever been written is online. So maybe now it's turning it inside and just saying, Hey, trust me, like talk a little bit more about yourself to somebody yeah. that's not invested and yeah. you'll learn but a I'm lot. Like, even like phone stuff what Charles was saying too. Like, I think it's like maybe we are kind of like seeing what the younger generation is doing because it yeah. seems like they are like, like I think every one of my bartenders has a therapist 
and they're all you know in their twenties or younger, like yeah, young thirties, yeah. and like, um, that's why I lean on them to be like, what should we be doing? You know, like, yeah. <coughs> what direction do we want to bring this? You know, it's like, um, so I'm out of touch. Like, you know, I don't go to therapy, but. I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. I use my I use my bartenders as therapists. <laughs> yeah. you, and you guys, this the, is therapy for me hey. today. <laughs> the original therapy, going to a bar. Oh god! But yeah, it seems like the kids are going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, or they just have they have different the things they can control anyway. Yeah, they have different they <laughs> yeah. have different predators. You know. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Uh, but but I really I do I think I think that I think that in in the end to kind of bring it back around to what my original point was. I think long form conversation is definitely an endangered species and not like people are going to stop talking, but I am very, very proud to be a part of a long form conversation where nobody looks at their phones. Like I feel guilty when I have to look at what the next question is on my phone because I'm getting my phone out, you know, like that's not, I I love the fact because this is the only time in my life. Like, even my therapy appointments are 59 minutes exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, like, this is the longest conversation that I have every single week. I bet you guys leave this, like, feeling refreshed, and I bet your guests usually do, too. I think it's probably doing a really good thing. Lots of hugs, bro. Get ready. Nice. Nice. Uh, And you, Dr. Awad. I, uh, I feel like I wouldn't be any good at the many things I do if I required any sort of acclaim or adulation. And at some point I learned that I, not only did I not want, like feel like I needed it anymore. I learned along the way that I, I don't even want it because the proof is in the pudding. So Quan bringing up the podcast is a pretty great example. Like we know where we stand because there are analytics that back up our performance. So I can, lean on those and of course you don't always speak to every one of those people you don't i mean you don't come anywhere near speaking to all those people so you still get some data that is subjective in nature from listeners of the show Mm -hmm. so hearing from actual listeners whether that be email or social media channel or meeting someone in the street is a form of acclaim knowing that those people are active listeners and then they tell you what they mostly do like about the show. But when you look at and you parse the the data, that's the way that I always approach everything that I do on a professional level is if I look at the success of my clients with Patmos or how Club Caraway is performing in regard to sales or how many listeners we have for the podcast, that for me is what satisfies me. But what I will say after we've had this conversation with Rob is that, you know what, you know what award I would like to be peripherally associated to? I want to be the guy that branded a James Beard award winning bar. So Yes. There we go. <laughs> I can totally see that. That's okay. it. That would be awesome. Probably and right up your alley. I thought you were going to say best chicken wings. Yeah. But. Oh. <laughs> Where'd that come from? There was, I, there was like a, I had a running joke. When I, because I won like City Pages Best Bar and Trainer twice, yeah, yeah, and I would always tell people, I was like, I was actually going for Best Chicken Wings, but that's <laughs> what they gave that's me. So yeah. great, because yeah. like, because like it was like, I was working at Saffron for the first one. Yeah. You know, I don't fucking whatever. I was working somewhere, but um, I was just be like, yeah, next year I'm gonna get 
best chicken wings. I'm Let's go. Try really hard, but I, it's just me. <laughs> it's not like an establishment. That's why yeah. it would be amazing. Cause like, it's not a restaurant. It's just like, no, there's this guy. He makes the best, he makes the best chicken wings. You can't buy him. It's not a real place. Like just like, maybe he'll give you a chicken wing. You should yeah. talk to, uh, you should talk, <laughs> you should talk to Javi. Cause he made, I think it was Javi that made it, made the most ridiculous, like tequila daisy in Iron Bartender, the secret oh, yeah. ingredient was Nashville hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. And he made it like a, it was like yeah. a margarita flip or a tequila daisy flip. Yeah, I heard about that. And it was, it was delicious. Yeah. And uh, I think it was, uh, Linda was like, I would dip my chicken wings in this. And I was like, Psh, I mean, it's pretty awesome when your drink is called best chicken wings. Yeah. And I didn't even know that story. But that would be it. <laughs> and, and and actually, I've already technically been peripherally connected to a best chicken wing client because I used to do marketing for a golf course and the restaurant at the golf course that I also did marketing for when won the city page's best wings. There it is. <laughs> Where is it? Is it still around? No. Oh. This is at, uh, most people don't know what I'm talking about. It's Edinburgh Golf Course. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the restaurant that was there had, um, we did the ghost wing challenge. So that was the marketing thing that I did. Uh, it's like building up this, come in and eat these hot ass wings. And if you eat them all, you get a fucking t-shirt and we'll put your face on the website. But one year those wings won. Should have said, amazing. Should have said you get a free tea and then uh, just giving them a golf tea. When everybody thought they were <laughs> Much cheaper. <laughs> Much <laughs> cheaper, Charles. <laughs> well, to you two being two of the number one homies in my life. Ah. Cheers. And also, before I forget, Salud. before I forget, I want, I told my brother-in-law I'm going to cheers to his birthday. Happy birthday, Scott. Scotty Stallion? Happy birthday, Scotty. Scotty Stallion. Oh, shit. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Stallion. <laughs> oh, look at this cool thing. This Man. part, I, I know, so much has day. happened since the last time you were on the show. Out, Four maybe. years ago. <laughs> We got fucking sound drops. All Headphones. That. Also, our listeners have heard this before, but Rob, just so you know, uh, the first time that I met Charles's brother-in-law was at a Halloween party, and he just had a horse hat on, and I've called him Scotty Stallion since. So I hope that in like 20 more years, I still call him the Stallion, and people are confused. Does yeah. he know why? I don't know. Yeah, he knows. Okay. Because okay. it'd be great if he had no idea. That would be amazing. He was, in- Stallion. <laughs> he was in town for Halloween. We went to Target, and he just got they, – they had one of those, like, really tall horse heads that your face is on the neck part of, and then the horse head is just, like, way up on top. And he put it on at Target and just walked around the store with yep. it on, and people were remarking at how hilarious it was. But, yeah, so he wore that for <laughs> if, Halloween. If I remember right, he was a little travel-weary, and when I got there, he was taking a nap. Yeah. So I'm just, like, hanging out in the kitchen, and this random guy comes walking in from not the front door sure. uh, and then just like starts grabbing snacks and everybody's acting like this is normal, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I don't know who this fucking human is. Uh, and so yeah, it's got to tell you, that's what you do. <laughs> uh, all right. If you could go anywhere in the world to visit the origin, the original creation place of a dish or a beverage that you loved, where would you be going? What would you be eating or drinking? Wow. Wow. Um, this was spurred off a listener's question to me from one that we asked. I told a story mm-hmm. about going to the origin, uh, the hotel that the Pina Colada was created at, and uh, it spurred a discussion via text. 
Sure. And that was, I thought it was a fascinating, uh, fascinating question. I didn't know you were going to do just food and beverage. Is it just food and beverage or could it be? It could be whatever. It could be whatever. If there's something else that you want to be like. Music, art. Yeah, whatever. Something, whatever. And if you want to think about it. I need to think about this. Charles, do you have a, do you have an answer? Yeah, and it's an answer I've given a hundred times, but now I can like answer the answer because this is the thing where I told you that I had a little surprise yeah. that I was going to reveal on the pod. The pod. Uh, I'm going to Japan next month. Finally, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh oh, what? Let's go. Congratulations. I'm in danger. Oh shit! I hope not. <laughs> I thought you were just going to go Shania again. No, <laughs> no, fuck that. Yeah, so that's like name it. And that's a place that I would like to go that I haven't been, especially a place that is an origin of all the things that I love. Many, many things. Is that the best of many things that I love? Is that the trip in March? That is. Oh, wow. So like it's you're turning and burning. I'm going to be very busy. So I'm going with um, Tyson and Mary who own Scalvin Distilling. They just Uh, got back from there, too. That's great. Yeah, uh, they're they're a client of mine now with, at my uh, creative studio, and uh, they're they were going back. Mary's uh, going with her mother. Tyson decided I'm coming too, and then I was like, I'm coming, I'm coming too. Like we talked about it, and he was basically we were talking about De- uh, Sky Miles. This is not important, but we were talking, and we were just kind of like getting into things about traveling. And he was like, "Are you coming?" And I was like can I, should I, like, I don't want to Im, impede. And we kind of started talking about, well, this is R and D. I work with you guys. And I, and he's like, you've always wanted to go. And you've told me how many times you've tried going and it hasn't worked out. Like when I had tickets in June of 2020 yeah. for obvious reasons. And I've mentioned this so many times in the pod that I bet a lot of people are relieved. That's that fucking I will awesome. Go man. And then not talk about it anymore in that context, but have some stories to tell. So, Video games, art, yeah, fucking food, awesome. drinks, yeah. whiskey, cocktails, Japan, and I will check as many of those boxes as I can in the in the short time that I'll be there. That's really cool. That's fucking. That'd be rad. so much fun. Oh man, I'm equal parts so happy for you and so murderously jealous. That's, you know, uh, it's a good place to be. It feels keeps me alive. I was talking to my brother today, JP, because. Pretty recently, we talked about maybe what we end up going together. Um, he and I, we haven't done a brother trip in a really long time. And then I told him today about going. But I put it to him like this. He's never been. I've never been. I feel like we lose a lot of efficiency just figuring out how mm-hmm. to do things, particularly in a culture where they're. my understanding is that People are the opposite of rude, but if you don't know what you're doing, it's not. No one's going to grab your hand like in right. Paris if they can tell you're struggling. Someone who works at a restaurant will be like, "Oh no, you don't. Here, let me help you." It's not really the way that they do things. So I wonder how much fumbling through you would have to do. So the way I look at it is going with seasoned veterans yeah. like Tyson and Mary will enable me to understand how to do stuff so that there isn't that like tension about going there that I've had until now. Like, let me study the language and understand everything about the train system. Going with them will make it so that they can, as yeah. like people that I know, can show me how to do some stuff. They can be that kind of connection b- between 
those, those two frequencies of my life and their lives. Fucking and then I can that. go back with my brother or my wife or with Quam or with, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like that will be formative to making it so that it can be sort of in the circuit of places that I like to visit. Wild. I love that. I'm very happy for you. Yeah, that's amazing. I've always wanted to, I'm a huge Japan file too. Like I would. Yeah. You and I for someday. you and I for probably like almost every yeah. same reason. The same reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to go to Akihabara. I, I want to go. Yeah. I want to eat every single piece of food. I want to drink all the, yeah. Everything you just said. Go to <laughs> arcades while they still exist. However few there are. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That's awesome. Fuck. Uh, I'm excited to finally get to go. Yeah. <laughs> so <Dude>. great. That's <laughs> so great. Yeah. Uh, Rob, what uh, did, did that fuel you at all? Or do you want a little more inspiration? No. So I was thinking like, when you said that, like, like going in a time machine and like having the, like the oh. first time, like hummus was made. So that's how, that's the context oh. I was thinking. Like, Ooh. like oh. I'm eating, like just like someone smushed a chickpea and then wiped bread on it. Like that's what I thought you meant. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, no, no, no. I meant like if you could go to the like the the place where something was created. Is okay. There, is there? Anything? Or it's like yeah. If I could go like visit a place where a thing is made. They make the thing, and okay. then everybody else makes copies. Okay. Man. Okay. So now I have to think more because I was like, sure. Like, do I want to go like? Yeah, please do. Watch the first pizza be made, or like, is it like? I'm like <laughs> seriously. I was like, time machine. Okay. Um, the first pizza was probably really bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's still it's still like bread sauce cheese. I mean, I, we're we're doing bad. Is if it was a different thing, yeah, yeah. it wasn't yeah, even it was sauce. Thing. You know what like was bad? Olive oil and there was like some raw clams or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I yeah. Would eat. You know the first thing yeah. that was definitely bad? The first pancake. Hey, oh, uh, that's a joke about the uh, first uh, pancake. Never. It's always out. terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave. Thank you. I, you know, um, the, the thing that I kept coming back to in that text thread, there's a, a myriad ways that I could answer that. And there is like, you know, I, I would love to like stand where like the first Marshall amp was put together, but I don't know that I would, I think I would just be think like, Oh, well, this is neat that I'm here, but it's not in the same place now. I, I do there's we we go back and forth on like our favorite like snack foods and whatnot i'm pretty passionate about wings i really enjoy wings whatever and the amount of people that use words like uh authentic and like real and like these are how they're supposed to be like in essence it all stems from like anchor bar in buffalo new york i've never eaten there so i can never Mm. speak to that and i always caution people with that, like, well, what is your definition of an authentic chicken wing? They're like, you know, it's like fucking, it's good. Like, yeah, I, I hate that word. I hate it a lot. And I just feel like it's it's odd for something. Like, it's never even been like a, well, maybe we should go to Buffalo. But honestly, I'm kind of like, maybe I should just fucking, just for a weekend, go to Buffalo, like, do it this fall, catch a Bills game, eat chicken wings, like, do the full tourist thing. But then yeah. at least I've had them, you know? Like I, I, for something that with, even with our like Facebook food groups and shit, like the amount of trash that people talk about other restaurants is wild to me. Are you like locally? Yeah. Locally. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's fucking insane. I know. And for like, I've stopped engaging at this point, but for a while I was like going after people being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This town has issues with like success and like just 
other things that they that they don't like. <laughs> like everyone just like goes to hate immediately. It's so yep. wild. Well, that's, yeah, I mean that's Minnesota nice is unfortunately a lot of resentfulness, yeah. which is poisonous. But Man, it's, so it's it's too bad. Like people love to hate things. Like there are certain things that I love to hate, and it's usually a preponderance of weird things that happened. Like today, real quick, I ordered Uber Eats. I didn't eat all day. I told Kwan about this when I walked in. I ordered Uber Eats. This lady just started driving around the city. And I was like, I'm not going to get the food. So I went on and I was like, cancel my order. And making a, a, a short story even shorter, I was leaving my house and she went and left it on my steps and then went to the car. And I like, I came, I came around the block she, this is an hour and a half after you ordered. Yeah, an hour and a half after. <laughs> and I had to leave. I knew I had to leave. And so I drove around the block because I want to see what she did because as I was leaving, she put the bag down. So then I come around the corner and I see her scamper up to the steps and grab the bag and take it because I'd canceled the order. She found out the order's canceled. So instead of, and I don't know if it was her or Uber Eats, but I'm like, instead of leaving the food anyways because it's going to go to waste, she was like, ooh, free meal. I'll smash yeah. that. But... Things like that, uh, I, w- I want more bad stuff to happen because it makes it funnier. Yep. You know, because I was like, this is already just goofy as hell, and I'll tell Kwame about it. But I was like, please take the bag. Just take the bag. Because uh, it's going to yeah. be even funnier. Dude, it's so wild. Like, and and when, when something is, like, truly objectively just terrible, like, again, it's a hilarious story. But it would be, like, those, those for, for, I'm sure every city has, like, the the Facebook hamburger page and the fucking pizza page, right. like whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like hundreds of people. And they'll be like, uh, I had four flats and eight drummies, total imbalance. I hope this place burns down and I hope the owners <laughs> die. And you're like, what the fuck? What did you say anything to anybody? Well, no, I shouldn't have to complain. Okay. So that's, that's where you go. Or yeah, like I know. The, the fucking burger page. They'd yeah. be like, uh, the cheese was, uh, I, I prefer a blend of cheddar and American, not just straight American. Like fucking no stars. And I hope everyone working today gets fired. Um, yeah, that's the one stuff of, that I our, love to hate. One of our yeah. negative Google that? reviews is like, um, I wish they had more to offer than hot dogs to eat. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, like I sometimes wish that, Taco Bell had a fucking cheeseburger. Right. Well, actually, they do now, so that doesn't. Oh, cool. well, you, know, you know what I mean. I like, want to go to the there. I want to go to the Mitch Hedberg <laughs> McDonald's that only serves spaghetti and blankets. Yeah, exactly. Participation may vary. Yeah, it's like I wish. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. So, like, I wish Taco Bell had a chicken parmesan. Yeah. Right. Like, what the fuck? Where the fuck do you think you are? Why? Like, like I'm sorry that you didn't come to a fucking restaurant tonight. Like, yeah, people are crazy. Everyone doesn't need access to everything all the time. And I think that that goes across all. I'm like, do you think she had like a 3G? Like she had like an Apple or she had like a iPhone 3 with like 3G. And she just, because like, how does she not know it was canceled before she (laughs) dropped it off? I don't don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe she's just ultra leggy. Like she was just, yeah, she was just (laughs) driving around. And at the point that she was going the total opposite direction, I was like, hey guys, can you just cancel this and they're like we'll give you four dollars a credit if you wait for that food and i was like dude from where she is now it's gonna take 20 minutes i have to leave in 17 minutes it's so fucked up and then seeing her just (laughs) scamper up and take the bag i was like all right enjoy i guess i mean she's probably hungry she's been driving around for an hour and a half like smelling that delicious food from quang yeah (laughs) oh no it's quang god making me mad all right so rob where are you going Okay, so for a thing, so, okay, for a food or drink item, 
I would love to go to Cuba someday and go to uh, Bar Floridita. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like see where like like Hemingway sat yeah. and like try like if I could go back in time, like I want to be there when like the Hemingway daiquiri is like being developed yeah. or whatever. And it's like with his crazy ass, like, you know what I mean? Like that would be awesome. Um, but then like just an experience, I think it'd be dope to go to Abbey road mm-hmm. and just like see the studio. Like, it can cool. confirm. That'd be so cool. I, I rail against like really touristy shit a lot, but when you're looking at that crosswalk, yeah, it's impossible to not walk the crosswalk. Yeah. Like it's just fucking awesome. Like I want to see, I want to see the studio. It's like, like smaller man. than you'd think. Okay, it's wild. Yeah, but you can hear like the coolest part is you can hear the resonance in the rooms. Cool. Like <clears throat> that was the thing that made me sad about the way that they've flipped Paisley Park, is you get to go into all these recording studio rooms and see all this Prince memorabilia, mm-hmm. but because of all the stuff that's in there now, it's ruined the acoustics of why the room was built, and. I, my voice has never sounded as good as it did in, in Studio One at Paisley. Wow. Like, just talking. I was like, oh, my God. I sound, I sound incredible. But it's because of the way that that room was built. Uh, we're fortunate in the oh. Twin Cities. Um, we have the quietest room on Earth uh, right I don't here. know how fortunate we are for it. Well, it's fucking awesome. All right, but it's very unsettling. Uh, I don't know. I fucking love it. I would. I literally asked the guy if I could pay to come in and take naps in there. So, I'm I'm team quiet room. Uh, but that also happens to be the studio where Bob Dylan re-recorded "Blood on the Tracks" into the version that you have now, where he went from minor key to major key. And I stood in that studio, roughly where Bob Dylan was standing. And again, my voice has never sounded so good. Where is that? It's right off of, um, for people that know Minneapolis geography, it's just east of downtown on 55, back in those warehouse uh, areas, kind of like back by where the hexagon used to be. What studio is that? Uh, It doesn't have a name anymore because now it's named, um, what they do for, one of the recording studios still exists, um, but most of their work recording was done in the 70s and 80s. Cool. Now what they do is they research, um, with having the quietest room on earth, they can research um, vibrations and sounds that um, medical machinery makes to like the millionth of a gram of, of wiggle. Wow. Um, and then they're also doing cutting edge lighting technology for and, and acoustic de- technology for um, uh, retirement communities and nursing homes. Because what they've noticed is uh, a lot of... Um, a lot of the worst effects of dementia and Alzheimer's are triggered by going from quiet to loud or loud to quiet or dark to bright and bright to dark. And so they're working on um, a lot of like uplighting ideas and a lot of slow fades and then ways to dampen things like lunchrooms and ways to make things like hallways a little bit um, more conducive to noise. So it's not just dead silence until you turn the corner and then it's crazy. They have, they have goggles that have um, been built for every degenerative eye condition. So you can see how different lighting affects you with wow. different things going on. That's so cool. It was, oh man, I, it, it was like a three hour tour. Yeah. And I probably was talking to the tour guide for two of the three hours. Yeah, I can imagine that. Because this is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to there. It's, it's expensive, but it is so fucking worth it. And if yeah. you're vi- ever visiting the Twin Cities, I highly recommend it. Uh, standing in the, quiet, the quietest room, You'll get to a point because your eyes and your ears, if they, if you ask them to turn the lights off, they will. So you're in complete darkness. Wow. 
in a room that registers, if I remember right, like negative eight or negative 12 decibels. So it eats your, the voice coming out of your mouth. No. It eats the sound waves. <laughs> so like everybody sounds really quiet and really kind of high pitched. Um, but when they, when they shut the door and they turn off the lights, your body, your brain starts to question whether or not everything is working. Shit. So it starts firing pulses into your eyeballs, which will show up as like multicolored or purple splotches. Just start doing this. Jesus but, Christ. Um, your ears Terrifying. Are, are, are searching so hard for any vibration to listen to to make sure they're still working that what they focus on is the sound of your blood. So you can literally hear the your own blood and your own heartbeat pumping through your veins. It's like that movie with Scarlett Johansson. I found the award you should seek out staying in there longer than anyone else because I just read as of June 2023 that 45 minutes is the longest anyone has stayed in that room. It's, no, it, okay. So if you go, and honestly. <laughs> go for it. I, 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 I don't want to blow this up because I know that that's like, they're allowing all that shit to be up because it helps more people want to go there. But they literally like, they just won't let you stay. Cause the guy's like, this isn't, it's not bad for you. It's just like, like we got stuff to do. Yeah. It's like, we can't just leave you in here. Like you're surrounded by millions of we dollars. A fundraiser going. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know enough about it out. to know if that's true. I just know that that's been it every, every year or so something will go around that like, if you make it near an hour, you'll go completely crazy and never regain consciousness. Like that's, there's not, it's just a really great place. The only thing that's gross is if you're in there with other people, you start to be able to hear like them digesting. Yeah. Like you could literally hear each other's like stomachs and shit. That was a little weird. But yeah, I, as soon as they turned off the light, I just laid down and I was like, oh my God, this is literally, and in my blood, this is gross to say, my blood became a perfect amount of white noise. So it re reminded me of like when I used to sleep with a fan on. Yeah. That's just, just like, You're like a fetus whoa. again. Yep. Total fetus. Lovely. Curl up and go. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers to anechoic chambers. Yeah, baby. Yep. Yeah. But for real, Rob, if you ever want to go, I would pay the same amount of money, if not more, to go again. I would love to go. I would love to go. I'm going to find a group of people that wants to go. Let's do it. All right, Rob. Okay. Other than Quam living in an anechoic chamber, if you could make one illegal thing suddenly legal, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm not doing, like I'm doing all the stuff I want to do. <laughs> um, man. Oh. I've never thought about this in my entire life. Uh, you can ponder for a second, too. Thank you, Ted. Oh, there's some weird-ass mm. fucking liquor laws locally. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, locally. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can <laughs> okay. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Crack. So, <laughs> Adjust neck. <laughs> so we talked earlier a little bit about why I had to buy a hot dog roller. <laughs> but I was actually turned into, like, success. <laughs> yeah. The reason I had to buy a hot dog roller is because this fucking city, for some reason... Um, and the state uh, wouldn't support cocktails to go uh -huh. on any level, um, even though <laughs> um, uh, Iowa, of all places, it's still legal yep. to this day. You can, like, go buy a little, like, cocktail to go thing. I think almost every Wisconsin. state. Wisconsin. Yeah, almost every yeah. state. Um, flanked. For, and for no legitimate reason. And the amount of, like, people that I talk to, like like, people, like, within the city council and like public interviews I did, um, you know, like it was the most disheartening thing ever because, um, you know, being a small business owner and the majority of people that 
own bars and restaurants, like part of like what lets them be whole and feel good about themselves is actually creating shit and making things and working. Like people in this industry like to work, especially the people that own these businesses. And the hardest part about <laughs> like just being locked in a room and only being able to sell like a six pack of hams and a bottle of wine with a hot dog that I had to like create because I couldn't sell a frozen pizza. If I sold a frozen pizza, it's not considered a prepared food item. Right. And that was illegal. So I couldn't just sell someone a frozen pizza, which I had like fucking 200 of because I bought a bunch mm-hmm. thinking that my bar was going to sell them. I couldn't sell those. All I could do was eat them and give them to my friends. Actually, I just gave them to the staff. I'm like, well, I don't know if anyone's going to make any money for a while, so take all these frozen pizzas because I can't do anything with them. <laughs> so, um, and all they had to do was let us have cocktails to go. Yep. That's all they had to do. And still today, they could if they wanted to. Right. It's not going to hurt anything. I already pay a shit ton of money in taxes to this fucking city and the state <laughs> and the county. Um, they're just going to make more off of it. It's no, and like for me, I struggle. So like now, you know, we're drinking these delicious RTDs and you know, that's great. You can buy these at a fucking liquor store. (laughs) And if you choose to, you can pop the top off and fucking drink it in the parking lot. Just like if you came into my bar (laughs) and bought the same thing, you would make that choice. Once you get to the parking lot, I'm not going to let you do it in my, actually, you know, if you want to stick around, it was illegal for you to stay in my bar though. So that was the whole point (laughs) of us being able to sell the fucking cocktails to go, which would have helped us immensely and helped us like create our brand at the same time. Right. If like, you know, your restaurant or your bar. And that, that, I mean, that's another whole thing where like the city is so fucking oppressive when it comes to, uh, like just being able to open a bar. Yeah. Like you have to be doctored in. I'm so lucky. We're like, we're so lucky meteor, like that we can just be a bar. Um, because if I just wanted to like go open a new build thing, I couldn't be, I'd have to have a restaurant that showed a certain percent of food sales. And like, um, It'd have to be completely different. And that's another thing the city sucks at. It's just like, there's this like weird, I, I don't know what it is. And like the, the city council now is so progressive and the, the mayor of whatever the fuck, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to think about the mayor. Like, um, like I feel like these are things that would make sense to them. Right. And like, like logically speaking, you can't argue against any of this. It's like, we're at a point where like weed is legal now, like just a hundred percent. Like, right? State, like... Grow it in your house. You can get an off-sale, on-sale license in Minnesota, just not within Hennepin County. Right. Like, it's a thing that exists. There's already bar liquor stores. There's what... They're in fucking Hudson, Wisconsin. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's not absurd to think that, like, everything will be fine. All we have to do is, like, make it make sense. And I offered to, like, like write a HACCP program or, you know, like, not a HACCP, but, like, this is yeah. this is everything that we could require the bars to do right. Like, and we work together with other bartenders, like, um, God, I'm trying to think of like, who was like trying to help with this at the time. Cause we were like, we were trying to be proactive yeah. and propose this like legislation. But you guys were up against, it was, it was Gretchen actually a lot uh, yeah. from, uh, from, uh, Sweetland Orchard. Yep. Um, and, uh, God, I, I know we talked to like Marco about it at one point. And like, we were, like, we were all talking all the time cause no one knew what the fuck to do, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would absolutely change I, I would, I would, if I had my way, they would let me rewrite the liquor laws in Minnesota, period. I guarantee you the biggest reason is that we let cities own the liquor stores in a lot of towns. Yeah, and also, I mean, 
when I would propose that uh, liquor store owners, and I'm not going to name names, but where they're real fucking scared about it. Oh yeah, for some reason. Yep. And like, meanwhile, they're making record, record profits enough to like, you know, um, one in particular down south uh, made enough to open a giant brand new liquor store. Yep. <laughs> um, and it's and it's all because of that. And like, and then. Liquor companies all of, gets, all of a sudden get to make RTDs, and now RTDs are like the hottest selling thing in the world. And it's like, and that's that's shitting on my business still. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like you can get a great cocktail at home. Like, why the fuck are you gonna go to my bar? You know? It's like James but, Beard nomination. And bars well. bars are important. Like yeah, your story, right. your story about going to a pub. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Community that's an important spaces. thing, man. Like unplugging. Like if you're in a good conversation at a bar and you're not looking at your phone, like that's, and that happens all the time at Meteor and that's, what's great about it. And like that happens all the time at Grumpy's. Mm-hmm. Like you run into people, you know, and you actually have conversations and you put your phone down for a minute. Like that's not going to happen if you're sitting on your couch Correct. at home drinking an RTD. Um, I do. <laughs> this, this is, but you know, if you're going on a boat, you know, grab that RTD cause you can't buy one from me. So not yet. Now, all I will say <laughs> is that if those laws had been changed, then we couldn't be sitting here acknowledging that you, in fact, have a James Beard-nominated hot dog program. Uh, I know, but yeah. That's <laughs> your bar. And, uh, it, you know, like, I'm pretty sure if you look at the ballots, it's like uh, the Holiday Gas Station on, it's like the one right down the street from us. Yeah. It probably has the second best hot dog program. Like, well, I'm in North Minneapolis, I know 100%, because, like, <laughs> I've had a couple there before, and they're, they're pretty Bang legit. It. It's... It has to do with the temperature and the time that they've actually rolled. Fuck yeah. It's like this three hour, three hours is like perfect at like a relatively low temperature. It's like this slow roll thing. It's got to look like Hulk Hogan. You got to slow roll it. got to look like Hulk Hogan. Yes. It has to look like like Hulk Hogan's right where his arm bends to make his armpit. 93. Always looks like the end of there's <laughs> a, all beef hot dogs. There's a term. Hogan. Greased up. <laughs> there's a term that, uh, 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 one of my bartenders, uh, Maddie, uh, coined. Um, it's called Wizard Fingers. And it's, uh, <laughs> something happens where, like, all these, like, weird knuckles start to form. Uh-huh. If they've been on for, like, this is, like, a five-hour, yeah. kind of higher temperature range. I know a lot about <laughs> dog roller science. Um, but uh, James Beard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it'll get to a point where it literally looks like an old weird wizard finger. Yeah. And like if you have like five of them next to each other, it's real gross looking, but <laughs> in a really delicious way. There was an era of my life when living in Europe where I, that was the one I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah that's the one you want. That is the one you want. Yeah. It's like, it's that it's <laughs> like peak, like saltiness. It's, it's like eating a beef stick. Correct. Right. It's like everything's condensed. It's rendered a lot of those hot dog fats. Uh, wizard <laughs> fingers. <laughs> wizard fingers. You're gonna want one of those wizard fingers. <laughs> we uh, when we did that brunch pop up, I actually I had him make a bunch because I was like, well, I'm not gonna buy beef sticks, so why don't you make a bunch of wizard fingers? And I got in the next day, uh, and there's a Cambro labeled wizard fingers, and it was just a bunch of these <laughs> terrifying looking hot dogs. I think I took a picture. I'll send it you, to you. Please do. Oh god, Quam. Next time you text me and you're like, hey, what are you up to? I'm gonna say, no, oh, nothing. Just sucking on some wizard fingers. Sucking on some <laughs> wizard fingers, as you do, <laughs> as you do. All right. What's what's your laws? Oh, what do I wish? What if I could make something legal? What would it be? And it doesn't have to be here. It could be anywhere. I mean, the thing that Rob brought up is no doubt illegal a lot of places too, not just in Minneapolis. Yeah. 
Well, okay. I'm going to I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to give two answers because one is very short. I I really do think that mushrooms should just be legal everywhere. I think marijuana should be legal everywhere. Yeah. I'm not going to bore yeah. everybody with my reasons on why. So that's my 100% serious answer. I really believe that. But in a in a very selfish like if I won the lottery, what would I buy kind of way? I would fucking get rid of speed limits. I just, I don't drive incredibly unsafe. I'm not going to fucking bury it at 1.30 every single day. But man, there are some stretches of highway that I have to drive for work where it arbitrarily changes from 70 to 60 to 65 to 55 to 70 to 50 to 45 and back to 65. I just fucking hate that there's a chance that that could mess up my car insurance, that could cost me a lot of money, when if I could just go the same speed through all of it, I, I wouldn't be crazy. And I think most people would be that same thing. Like I've driven the Autobahn in Germany multiple times and there's a couple assholes that just fucking lose their mind for it. But most people just fucking just cruise. And I would just, I would like to not have that worry. You're talking about like highways. On, highways when right? driving. Like not in a neighborhood. No, no, no. I'm talking about when you're on an open highway, okay. when there's no chance of like a ball bouncing into the street sure. or somebody's dog running out there. Yeah. Like when we are not in residential neighborhoods, especially when there are guardrails and you're on a different level of playing field. I just, I would like to not have to worry about that because I spend a lot of time in my car. Yep. And I hate the fact, like I'm very thankful that we live in an era now where the GPS in my car literally says what the speed limit is in that area. Yeah. So it's nice that I have a reminder, but fuck man, like I, my, the, the chances of me getting pulled over for something like that are much higher than your average person. So I bet maybe a lot of people don't think about that. What about, so like, okay. What if it's like just set to like 80, right? Cause like there's definitely like, a point in which like the difference between like 60 and 80, like your chances of like dying and like yeah. a bunch of other people dying increase a lot. And like, if, that's the only, if all highways <laughs> were set at 80, I would be very happy. I think like, yeah. And then like, I think like once it gets like beyond 80, then it's just like, it's like, yeah, everyone's going to die. For if you hit a thing, we, everyone's yeah. going to die. We talked, well, was that last week or two weeks ago, we talked a lot about road trips. Like yeah. 78 miles an hour is my most common speed, and it's not even close. 78 is over everywhere that I drive, but it's not over enough that somebody's really going to come after me, and it's not over enough in most places that I would have to return for a reckless driving ticket. Sure. So it's like I've literally costed it out, but I've also read the same studies <laughs> that like once once you once you cross eighty plus, your odds yeah. of fully dying. So yeah, this is also sort of a feature of Darwinism, because in places where you don't have to observe a speed limit, even if it somewhat exists, it's just that you don't have to observe it. Like in Lebanon, it's not like there are a lot more vehicular fatalities in Lebanon, you're just more aware. Yeah. People there will drink and drive, but guess what? Because you know you have to go home, you kind of watch yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas here sometimes, and this is a philosophy of mine that I've long held, is that sometimes people say, you know, I'm going to ride the line here because I think I'm fine, I think I'm fine. And then you drink a little more and you're like, oh, fuck, am I okay? And then next thing you know, you didn't really make a choice, you just stopped paying attention to the condition that you're in. But when I'm drinking with my friends in Lebanon, 
they mind themselves because they know that they have to go home and they know that they don't know what condition other people are going to be in and mm-hmm. on the road and they just take good care of themselves and they don't overindulge. But when you're driving on the freeway in Lebanon and you know that there are going to be people who are going to race past you, most people are going to be fairly conservative and drive at like a healthy clip. Mm-hmm. But if no one's on the fucking road and we're coming back from somewhere in the middle of the night, then you can let her rip if you want. You know, you can go, I guess, 80, 85. If it's, you're driving a fun car and people aren't yeah, under the influence and no one's around you. It's just like, I mean, it's kind of like the way you think about drinking culture too. It's just kind of like the culture you're brought up in kind of dictates the way mm-hmm. that people are going to do things, right? So like if we were just like right. brought up in a place where we were supposed to trust each other. Also like the U.S. is like very car and freeway and yeah. highway dependent. Yeah. We're like, 100%. we didn't create cities or anything to be like walkable or for mass transit or anything right. so it's like you know everyone fucking drives there's all that to worry about too on top of it so i would love to try that yeah um most um, most places yeah yeah the, yeah in there's, the you know there's yeah there's like you know the older places out east like you know they were kind of built more like european cities with like you know walkability right. in mind but it's like you know like like downtown minneapolis is not walkable like they're doing their best to kind of make it bikeable and walkable like but they have to like retrofit everything Mm -hmm. now so it's like um which i think also like that could be a key to like maybe bringing some life and culture back down to downtown minneapolis is like make it more walkable and accessible but um um yeah maybe it's one of those things where it's just like you know the drinking culture in europe is like different than it is here and it's just because like you know you grow up around it and people are doing it responsibly. And like the binge right. drinking thing doesn't yeah. exist. But I also like, again, like going back to like the kids being all right. Like, I don't think there's going to be a drinking culture. <laughs> like, like, like there's not a lot of kids like interested in going to bars anymore. Nope. It's like everyone's content, like chilling at home and having some, having some puffs. If these fucking kids get ketamine bars legalized before I get mushrooms, I'm just going to lose my mind. Mushrooms should be illegal. Right. There's no reason not to. So I poured us a little bit of the white Negroni back to back for us uh, with a Sip Smith gin. That's really good. It's really, really good. Rob, why don't you tell us about the tequila we were drinking too? Uh, we're drinking G4. Um, I bought this at um, I bought this at Centers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't been to Centers in forever. Our local butcher shop slash liquor store slash grocery store. Yeah. Centaurs. Scimitars. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I hadn't been there forever. I used to go there a lot when I lived in Northeast, and uh, I just happened to stroll through. G four uh, typically is a very limited release when when it does come to town. Uh, you can't always just like like I can't just call my distributor tomorrow and be like, "Can I get a bottle of G 4 So uh, we skipped out on ours because, uh, like you mentioned earlier, our agave shelf um, has no room, um, and we brought in another new tequila recently and we don't have room for that. So it's just like sitting somewhere that I hate because like it's go to your home. We have a problem, <laughs> but um, I bought this for myself because uh, I think it's a fantastic tequila. It's a very nice goes with all my ethos when it comes to tequila. Um, it's uh, additive free. It's uh, it's family owned company. Uh, it's fucking delicious. It's like super terroir driven. It's very, very earthy and you like taste plant in it. Um, it's, it's delicious. Um, yeah. 
G4. G4. Um, they make a lot of different iterations, but this is the Blanco because, I don't know, man, like, once I started getting into Mezcal, I started appreciating just, like, Blanco tequilas more, like, that are, you know, additive-free. Um, mm-hmm. um, because, like, I appreciated, like, what that plant had to offer. Yeah. Once you introduce barrel to it, you lose a little bit of that, you know. I I will drink, like, I'll drink all tequila. But <laughs> Fuck Yeah. Give me the agave. But this is good. It's good mm. stuff. Mm-mm-mm. So if you want to get a bottle of G4 right now, it's at Centers, and it's not terribly expensive. <laughs> if you so. live in Minneapolis. Yeah. Or fly here. I mean, swing on through. Just to get a bottle of well, G4. Yeah, well, hey, we'll walk you around. <laughs> Other <laughs> markets probably have it abundantly yeah. available. Right. Just like. Just they don't have a Centaurs. Yeah, like we don't have Fortaleza here. and Oh, like, I love her. And like. So, you know, if you're somewhere else, just buy a bottle of Fortaleza. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you ever if you're ever coming through the <laughs> Twin Cities mm-hmm. and you want to trade for something really nice, bring a bottle of Fortaleza. Yeah. Or just buy it for yourself and drink it at home because it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever want to come to Meteor and you're not from the Twin Cities, always bring a bottle of Fortaleza. <laughs> and then I'll just comp your tab. Whatever it is. I don't care. Whatever it is. Like I don't think you can drink enough to make it less valuable <laughs> to me. Like <laughs> legit. Uh yeah, where are we? is that? Do we? Did you? What's your what's Charles your illegality? Was. We're we're aggressive orators, Charles. Just punch your way in. We were talking about other <laughs> shit. <now>. Shit. <laughs> also, that's the people aren't supposed to hear that line. We do that beforehand. <laughs> aggressive orators. Orators. Aggressive orators. <laughs> you know what else I realized recently? I just I gotta give you credit. Uh, there are certain words that I say and I hate the way that I say them, okay. but because <laughs> I learned from other people, whatever, I love the fact that you actually pronounced iron correctly. Like I grew up in an iron household mm. and it, yeah. I picked up on it like six months ago <laughs> okay. and I think about it at the weirdest times, but I'm, you literally saying it enough around me or irony uh, has pushed me to start working on saying it, it the correct way. In the same way, uh, a few years ago, I started trying to correct myself and and pronounce it jewelry as, appo- as opposed to jewelry, yeah. mm. which is literally how I've always said it. How about water? Water? Instead of water. Water. About- I don't go the hard T's. I don't do mittens or buttons. Mm, okay. I'm okay with that soft like the soft consonant in there. But if I'm mispronouncing the way that the letters are spelled when it's not some weird ass, like through though bow bullshit, uh, it, it bothers me. And so I wanted to give you props on, I also enjoy the way that you say, you say orator and you say iron restaurateur restaurateur. No N that's, that's, is that right? It is. Is it? Yeah. And I just had this argument with somebody the other day about Fort versus Forte. And I found out that recent, around. recently fucking Merriam-Webster okayed using Forte, which just means louder mm. for what you're good at. Because so many yeah. people mispronounce it that they just gave up. And that makes womp, me sad. Womp, womp, womp. I know that one. Well, Aquam links it up. My answer is uh, cigar lounges, bars, cigar bars. And it's where I live, but it's also a lot of places other people live, including places where it's legal and you can't get a new license to do it. But if you could just have like a limited number of licenses anywhere you live where this is the case, where you can buy a cigar and you can buy a cocktail and you can sit down, drink the cocktail and smoke the fucking cigar because it's (laughs) such a delightful thing. 
Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. And it shouldn't bring me as much joy as it does only because of the fact that it's such a special treat. Sure. That when I experience it, it makes me super happy knowing <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm not supposed to do this. It just has, it still has that magic. So there's something to be said for how that still is like a quality that I can appreciate. Yeah. That I can't always have it. Like the last episode with Nathan Beck, we were talking about when I was in Madison recently with Derek Reed proprietor of club caraway and we went to maduro and we're able to order order cocktails and smoke cigars yeah. it's pretty fucking cool, sure, cool. And, and i understand the the entire premise of like you know we have a law here called right to breathe and they don't want to have employees subsisting in spaces like that but my theory is just to have a small number of licenses like a very small minute and the entire city of minneapolis the city in which i reside do like three to five of those licenses and then let people vie for them I don't know how. I don't care. It's not my job to figure it out. And then just have a handful of those places instead of what I currently utilize, which is private cigar clubs. Yeah. Where I yeah. can kind of do the same thing, but there cannot be a bartender there. You know, like yeah. we'll make our own drinks or Quam will make us drinks. And you can, you can sort of find that loophole. Mm -hmm. But I love a place that I can publicly access without paying a membership fee. Walk in, sit down at the bar, like, the Casa de Monte Cristo that Kwame and I mm -hmm. went to in Nashville. Sit down at the bar. I would like a martini and I would like a Fuente. Yep. It's like... And we're going to talk some shit with the people at the end of the bar and have yeah. a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So to clarify, the original word, you are correct. Yeah, the French word is restaurateur. Uh, but restaurateur has appeared in English publications in America since 1859. They all fucking up, though. So... Technically, it's been that that one's been grandfathered in since our grandfathers were head grandfathers. So I find me it spelled with an N in like food and wine. It's just it's it's always spelled without an N. I, again, I'm I'm happy to know that both exist, but I will try and pronounce restaurateur because I it's also really, like. It's not even a big deal. It's just a thing to pick at, you know. Yeah. Like, eh, there's no N in there. Like, I mean, fucking. Champing at the bit is what it's yes. supposed to be, and right. we've yeah. just given up and accepted chomping at the bit. Well, I Get think the it's fuck out of here. I think it's still pronounced similarly, but people separate words. When you type it, it's champ. Uh, the 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 one when I was a kid was, the, <laughs> I'd say theater, and I remember like a friend of mine being like, "It's theater," and then I started saying theater, thinking that I was saying it wrong, and now. I'm like, I should have just kept saying theater. Yeah. Now you'll never be allowed in Downton Abbey if you right. talk about the theater. Fucked it all up. Must talk about the theater. <laughs> uh, Hit a sounder. Let's fight. Hit a sounder. Toasty or something. No. Oh, shit. Double Jeopardy? <laughs> I'm surprised how little we use that. I think it's. I, just, th I thought it was going to be like one of the most common buttons to hit, and I think that's the second time we've ever hit it, and the first time I missed. I forgot it was on there. Yeah, that is that's hilarious. So remember its location. Are they labeled or just colors? Toasty, I love Toasty. Yeah. We don't Toasty's use that enough. We don't use that enough. We we'd had a little card, but Cybo. it just sits on it top, died. and at <laughs> some point it fucking flittered off into the wind. <laughs> It did fucking flitter off. Fucking flitter. Uh, fucking flitterer. <laughs> uh, you back to back. Toasty. Toasty. All right. Toasty. <laughs> Rob, let's talk about liquid lunch. Yeah, baby. So we've certainly all had drinks when we've forgotten to eat first. 
<laughs> it's funny mm-hmm. that that happened tonight. <laughs> yeah, with me and you I. You set not this even, up. <laughs> I didn't forget. It just didn't work out for me. I ate three flour tortillas and my uh, three corn tortillas, three corn tortillas. In, in the jeep on the way here. You just ate tortillas. Just like, yeah, I didn't. The, the food didn't show up. You just had him sitting in your jeep. No, I grabbed him on the way out the okay. door. I would buy. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. I was like, that's amazing. You just <laughs> have tortillas. Be, just delicious tortillas <laughs> in your jeep. A glove box. Uh, of glove I don't wear in. gloves. <laughs> this is my tortilla box. The only reason I locked. But the it's glove one of those box. things they give you at a. Uh, <laughs> Like the little linen, yeah. It's got a little wax paper inside of it. Chichis, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. The little container, Uh, right? So, what's your go-to libation when you realize you've made this age-old mistake? Oh, like after. So you're talking. So you haven't eaten. I made the mistake. Okay. And you go to a bar or like some sort of party. What do you drink? Where you're like, either you're thinking I'm not going to ruin my night, or it just feels better to drink on an empty stomach. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. No, it doesn't at all. No, I'll okay. just drink. Um, yeah, I'll just. All right, Benny Hill. I'll, I'll drink. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll just. <laughs> I'll just start drinking uh, tequila or mezcal, whatever's offered to me. Okay. Um, but that I'll make sure that I say, "Hey, I really need to eat, though." I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, I made this mistake very recently. Actually, uh, um, I went to a friend's Christmas party, and there was a whole bunch of people at this Christmas party, and. Um, I got there early. Um, and when I say early, like I was on time. Um, and then ended up being put to work. Um, because no one else was there yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was there because it was like I had a kid recently, and is we were this, like, is this perhaps a friend that we share. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and um, I uh, uh, my wife and I went early, knowing that we had dinner reservations. So we're like, well. What's the worst that could happen? We're going to try to do two things tonight. You know, like, I'm like, we're not going to eat too much here. So what I ended up doing was like working and like cooking. I was like fucking cooking and like setting up a fucking tent and making sure that like cocktail stuff was like in check. This is like a, it was, it was a big fun party. And, um, I had to, my friend who was hosting this party had me try all the cocktails and one was like a Vucare and it was like not diluted. But I was, like, also very thirsty because maybe I wasn't hydrated properly. So I just kept drinking all of these. And I was drinking and drinking and drinking. Drink, like, a, a, a full, undiluted Vucare. Like, yeah. you know, when I say full, it was, like, you know, like, an asshole pour. Like, yeah. I was um, I like, was also at this party, and those pours continued. Yeah. And you could tell who knew it wasn't diluted and who did. Yeah. Um, and so, like, um, there <laughs> I was only there, I was there like maybe a half hour. Um, it felt like forever because I could feel, I could start to feel very drunk. And I was like, maybe I am going to start eating some food. And then um, uh, it, it caught up with me really quick. And it was the first time I felt very unresponsible in a long time. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> don't remember a lot of the people that had shown up by the time we were leaving. And we went to a place, uh, went to like a, it was a, it's a place in, it's a place that, like the western suburbs, and it's sushi, and it's like a uh, Peruvian sushi place. Oh, yeah, the um, something with a K, right? Yeah, I forgot the name. They do like Pisco Sours yeah. and Sushi. Yeah. And it was, can't think it was of good. Name, I remember it okay. being good when I was eating the food, but I like I don't really like remember what was happening. <laughs> it was, I was, we so chose, you're having fun. We chose the Uber that night. Yeah, I was having yeah. a great time, but like, um, 
that's one of those cases where like I hadn't eaten and I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to, yeah, let's just start having drinks. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was probably a great night. I wish we had stayed there and eaten there and hung out with more people because like I know a bunch of people showed up and I was giving a bunch of people hugs, but I was like covered in like mortadella grease and like smoky and like I would have given you a bigger hug yeah I know I smelled like uh like oily mortadella like fried mortadella all night like cheese I was making sandwiches at some point like I don't like I wasn't even there we were there for like 45 minutes tops and the amount of work I got done was like more than I'd worked at my actual job that day and I (laughs) drank more than I drank like the entire month prior to that that tracks all within 45 minutes and then um yeah, we had a great time at uh, Peruvian sushi, and then I think we got home. At, we got home at like nine o'clock. It's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, yeah, but like, uh. I I rolled in. I I attended said party. I rolled in much later, and uh, I was only I was just being selfish because I had a lot of things going on, and I knew that I wanted to stop by, but I I just wanted to like get time to get everything I needed done done. Yeah, take a breath, change clothes, and yeah. then go. And I, that's a man that doesn't have a an eight month old. Correct. Yeah. I am a childless yeah. fella. And I showed up and it was like hi, 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 lots of high fives, hugs, met a few other people's babies for the first time. That was super rad. Wait, there was babies there? Yeah. Oh. There was there was a, a mini Gorski showed up and it was pretty oh, fun. They told me I couldn't bring my baby. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. If the, Mini I don't, Gorski's everywhere. Though. I also don't know. Yeah, and I also <laughs> don't know the, if broke they, the rules if they asked. <laughs> but uh, you could just see. <laughs> I saw Mini Gorski at two parties in like three days. Yeah. at one point yeah. I was just That's like, how it rolls. She has a, gets she, around more. Yeah, than me. she has fun. Just fucking <laughs> dapping up everybody, <laughs> yeah. giving solid hugs. But uh, I had a glass of wine, and then I had a cocktail, and I mm. brought a cocktail with, and then I saw what was prepared already. And then I looked around and like, you know, when you can tell that people haven't like people that like to go to bars, but don't like know the science behind it. And they don't understand that. Like the reason that those drinks are stirred isn't because we're trying to like take away value from you. Yeah. It's, you don't need a fucking bucket of high proof booze. Yeah. You need the flavors that that embodies yeah. with a lot of water to go yeah. with. We're, it. We were trying not to kill you. And it was, it was the, the closest thing I, I, I fucking texted a bunch of people when I got home about it. It was, I finally figured out what like the posh upper crust version of when people used to come into the bar and they'd be like, let me get a rum and Coke, no ice thinking that you're going to just keep pouring yeah. them both the whole way up. <laughs> yeah. It was that version of it. They're like, Oh, well pff, I'll get more drink in my cup if I don't put ice in it. And they're just firing back because there was also an old-fashioned situation but at yeah, that point. It was a mistake. Uh, and it was not also not diluted. And I was just like, you start doing the math. You know, you get the, the yeah. Zach Galifianakis face and the equations are going around. And I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. See, yeah. these are the things we need to teach the kids. Right? You know, yeah. we were talking about teaching the kids <laughs> stuff. Kids don't understand dilution. They're like, fuck you. Why would you do that? We don't want to kill you. Yeah. Sometimes it tastes better. It yeah. tastes better, right? But yeah, it was like I started doing the math and I'm like, if I don't leave in the next half an hour, someone's either going to cry on me or vomit on me. It was. And I like them both the same amount of ick. Yeah. So I got to, I got to, I got to go. Smart move. And I was trying to do the Minnesota. Did anyone cram like, it? Did anyone cram it? I, I, probably later. <laughs> 
Uh, no, you just got to run. I looked around. There's too many people. You just got to run. Here's, here's the funny part. Like, <laughs> Rob, you've known me for a long time. Charles, you know me very well. I actually, like, started the motion of, like, I'm going to start my handshakes. I started putting my hand out slowly, and I made eye contact with another mutual friend in this room. And I literally pulled my hand back and was like, I mouthed, I got to go. Yeah. And he goes, just nods. Yeah. I just fucking took off, and I'm gone. Yeah. Because I knew where it was headed. And I knew at this point, I've had tons Get of fun. Away. I said hi to everybody. I dapped up a little kid. Mm. Like, we're good. I had some food. I brought a thing. It's Castlevania effect. I, yeah, I left <laughs> more. rates moved mm-hmm. and out came the shamblers. <laughs> I left more cocktail than I consumed myself. So I feel good about it. Did it, dude. Got home. No hangover. We're good. Mama Mia. Mama Mia. Papa Pia. Uh, but when it comes to drinking without eating... Inevitably, yeah. What's your go-to? I I will always pump the brakes and go to some form of lager, and if there is a frenet situation or a malort situation, <laughs> I will do that because weirdly, I've trained myself. I don't care if it's Makes psychosomatic. Feel nice. It really it like because I'll sometimes get that like vibration, like the mm. the low base of a, a faraway subwoofer goes across the bottom of my stomach where it's Maybe like, a little hey, yeah. Maybe a little chinar. Like, what are, what are we doing here? And that's when I got to be like, oh, yep, you're right. My bad. Uh, here we go. We'll do an easy drinking lager. We'll give you some form of probably an Amaro is the best way to put it. But yeah, chinar is readily available and delicious. Uh, Fredette Branca, same thing for me. Uh, Malort, same thing for me. Like, just something like that. Mm. To just be like, eh, and then I'll, I can regulate it. If... Now, I work in wine and spirits now, so beer is gauche. So now I've had to pivot again because I have to figure out yeah. like what. So, so my go-to move has been my new one, and I'm still trying to wear it correctly. Drink highballs. It's just a, it's a, I was just going to say. So it's I, a refined beer. Oh, come on. I do a double I, sniping me. No, 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 no. I do. It's not a highball, though, because I can't order those everywhere I go. But what I can do is I can say, may I have a single shot? Of it's usually Maker's Mark, okay, or Jameson, but usually Maker's Mark. May I have a single shot of Maker's Mark in a pint glass and top it with soda water? I'm literally telling you, I don't want a friendly pour. Yeah, an Alka-Seltzer. I don't want. Yeah, I want a little bit of whiskey and a lot of bit of soda water. Yep, that's what the fuck I want. And that is a riff that goes back to my DJing time when that was the only way I could regulate my drinking because if I had beers or if I had shots, people would see when I was low. Still highballing though. Yeah. But it's so off the ounce gun. And an ounce and a half. You know, it's similar. Like, you're just, you're not going super high fucking power on a standard highball. Correct. But I'm doing, I'm actually diluting more than a normal Sure, highball. right. But I'm saying, yeah. I, it's the I same math like behind that would it. Add it. That would land in the safe zone. But that's been, like, for a long time, I was the uh, vodka, soda, lemon, because nobody ever did lemon. Everybody did lime, so I could always tell which one was mine. Ah. And then I would just switch to soda water when nobody was watching, and then... It's fine. Uh, a little too much. I, I'm I'm aging into the, I can't just drink fucking, I can't eat an entire lemon like while I'm out, which is what you're doing when you're squeezing all those sure. pieces. So I've, I've literally switched <laughs> to like whiskey soda because I don't add citrus to it. But yeah. Okay. What about you, Charles? What's your, what's your drink and lunch? It's tiny bubbles. I don't know why. For me, okay, I don't... 
if I don't eat, it's okay. I'll be fine. It's all going to the same place anyways. But I feel different drinking certain things. Certain things don't make me feel as good if I'm drinking them on an empty stomach. It's more about that. Tiny bubble stuff feels good to me when I haven't eaten. So we're talking champagne, mm-hmm. a lager, a highball, like those types of things. I don't know why I gravitate toward like, I, I'll drink a bottle of champagne on an empty stomach. You'll feel real nice. But Is it maybe because you can't, it regulates the amount that you're consuming? I don't know. Like, maybe. I feel like champagne is like the hardest of hard to like drink fast. I can see like bubbles having an effect on your belly though too. And it's like, you know, it's Kick like it out creating this like fake kind of like full effect. Yeah. Like also, yeah, that may, that I may think be like a responsible well. option would be like, like a dry Irish stout. Like yeah. Guinness would make a ton of sense mm-hmm. in this scenario, right? Because it's sure. like feeling sure. like super low ABV. Mm-hmm. It's like almost, yeah. it's almost like 3.2. Like it's what is it? It's like 3.8. No, it's 3.5. <coughs> and yeah. weirdly, uh, it has fucking less carbs than Bud Light. I know. And it's fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you that. Like, I, I mean, working in an Irish pub, like that was absolutely a, a cheat for a long time. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I just had a coffee mug full of Guinness. Yeah. What are you I, gonna st- do? I still love Guinness so much. Me so too. Much. Again, so when I move the pub from London yeah. to uh, Robbinsdale, we can all go hang out. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> oh, very yeah. social beer, and it's a very responsible beer. Absolutely. It's a fantastic beer. Yeah. Uh, have you had Guinness Zero? I have. It's just like drinking a Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also actually 0.5. Uh-huh. It says zero. But it's actually 0.5. Oh, and that 0.5 is. is actually pretty substantial yep. for a person who's maybe trying to There's not have any alcohol, alcohol for like yeah. certain reasons. There is a rumor, and I don't know how true it is, but there's a rumor that that's part of the reason that Heineken 0 does the 0, 0. It was a direct thumb at Guinness oh, wow. for it. Then you got to drink a fucking Heineken out of a bottle, most likely. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to find that on tap a whole lot of places. No. Hey, we'll cheers to drinking yeah, a stomach. Yeah, fucking hey. All right. I am going to eat. I, I like that you're living your question right now. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. Unintentionally. I must have cursed I'm myself. I'm so sorry. I can't imagine like looking forward to like getting that food and like knowing what you ordered and then all of a sudden it just doesn't happen. Like I haven't I I think the amount of times that we've had food delivered was like four times and it was because like my wife was getting a stipend or something for like a job or some shit. Um, but it's just like, especially something like, like that specific, like Kwong, like, man, like, yeah, and I was, I'd be so amped and then just like the disappointment yeah, I would feel. Yeah. And I was packing so many things into my day that I'd planned to cook dinner, but it was a roast chicken and I was like, I'm not going to have enough time. So we're just going to have to get <laughs> something in my belly before I go podcast. And then it went fucking, it went. That's how it went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So final question, final topic. Uh, we've talked about as on this show, even on this episode, we've talked about um, our, our push to just be better versions of ourselves. Um, you know, and I've, I've given therapy and microdosing a lot of credit, but also just like doing the work and thinking about your shit and journaling, like all of that stuff has worked on a, on a macro level. Like it really does make my life better 
but sometimes I'm still a big dumb animal and I just want to watch something funny or something familiar, a movie or a TV show. And I have, as we've talked about, I do not have children, but I am very kid adjacent in my life. And one of the things that my friends who are moms and dads have all said is there's just moments of like baby sleeping. Everything's quiet. I just want to watch something that I don't have to think about. And it makes it. So I feel like there's this, this search for that feeling sort of is, is circular amongst the entire human experience. Is there a go-to movie or TV show or something where you're just home and you can just, you can giggle, you can <laughs> smile, you can feel like, hey, here we are. I think, uh, so, like, post-COVID, the first time that I had been home consistently enough to, like, actually have something on in the background that I don't have to think about was I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> and yeah. the amount of times that I've rewatched that, like, with, yep. like, a baby over and over <laughs> and over. And it's just because, like... But is it a sexy baby? <laughs> Yeah, no, no, like, well, man, we do that all the time. It's like, little but boys. Um, uh, oh, God. It's, it's, yeah, it's, that's the, that's like, that was my comfort go to thing. Um, <laughs> having, having it like a newborn is absolutely insane. And when you're like, like 42 years old, or I was 43, I was 43. Um, uh, it makes it really hard. The The majority of like men that have babies when they're my age are like, like I say like, a, it's like I equate it to like George Clooney's, right? Like, yeah, they, they're like old dads. Right. But like, they're not raising that kid. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm the one waking up at like, you know, like multiple times throughout the night and not sleeping for like two months straight. And then he was also colicky. So like, um, it was like, I was, I was like a zombie for like basically like a month and a half. Like nothing got accomplished. Like I don't remember anything. It was just like this weird time. Like it was kind of COVID, but like even more intense because like I never slept. Um, and so like that was just constantly on and on repeat. So like, and like I was, I was obsessed with it. Like Adam Harness um, and I were like, absolutely obsessed with it. Like early, like yeah. first season and like Gorski even. And, um, and I just kept watching it over and over to the point where like I could memorize it. And I haven't done anything like that since I was like a kid. Right. It yep. was like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Like I memorized all that. And then like Dazed and Confused. I think I memorized all that because I watched it so many times. It's a great dumb show. Yeah. Um, but like. Iowa's own Adam Harness also strikes me as could be a character in every sketch yeah. on that show. I just, and, and, and anything. In he's, anything. He, he's just like. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's so great. <laughs> Shout out to Adam uh, I miss Harness. Yeah. I just had to, give to him a little, Harness. had to give him Iowa's own Adam Harness a little props. Yeah. Uh, oh, Listeners are like, Adam Harness. Hey, yeah. there's a good chance if you're in the cocktail world anywhere in the U.S., you might have met him. Or if you're into punk rock, you might have met him. He's a fucking sick-ass drummer, too. Yeah. The amount of uh, bartenders that are drummers is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. It's Wait, where does he live so now? Weird. He moved in. Iowa. He is in, I think, Ames. Yeah. yeah. Iowa, Iowa, what's up? Iowa, what? Iowa, what's up? Yo. Two Iowa shouts. Wow. Ew. I just made a meme for one of my clients. Uh, uh, I think you should leave for a special they were doing. It was two burgers, two fries, two cocktails, one dessert. 
So it's him hanging out the window, screaming that at the. <laughs> the, the like, <laughs> the best part about that entire like series is like, um, you have to you have to like do that first watch through, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and like yeah. maybe it's not even funny sometimes. And then you do a second watch through, it's like, ah, and then like. You watch it like the fifth time and you're like, holy shit, this shit is all genius all the time. The third season is very much the most like that. Yeah. It's the most like that. Yeah. It's like, you got to like play along with it, man. It's it's so good. They're not all the zip line. You know what I mean? Like the zip yeah. line, you're just like instantly laughing your yeah. ass off because it's so fucking stupid. The I don't know how to drive is the same. That was the one where I was like, okay, I'm fucking done. I love yeah. this so much. Yeah. Uh, I did have the, the, the fortune and I just love telling this story. There is a sketch where a guy uh, in a hot dog costume crashes into a store. And I knew a guy (laughs) that drove the Oscar Mayer Wiener car across the U.S. for a job for three years. And I sent him that sketch for five days straight. Just be like, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? And he's like, it's a little close to home, dude. And I'm like, that's the greatest fucking response I could have. Yeah, that's all I need. Imagine. Uh, I will leave you alone. I was like, yep, all caps. I was like, dude, fucking chef's kiss. Yeah, We're good. That's great. <laughs> that's a job that they give to people. That's it's like a job. Thing. Yep. You get paid mm-hmm. and you really don't do anything except drive it. You're not like, there's no destination. Maybe there's like, so, like well, you have to go here at least. So it's funny, you do. You have to go city to city on weekends and do pop-up barbecues. Holy shit, really? And through that guy, I met the guy that has the same job for Johnsonville Bratz, who also has to do the same thing. What does he drive, though? It's weirdly a Brat cart. Oh. It's Charles. (laughs) But only only in the Midwest? Johnsonville Bratz aren't national, right? I don't know. That's like a Midwest thing? I have no idea. Do we know anyone? Knows all the, you know all the encased fucking meats guys. So oh, yeah. it was pointed out to me at one point that I had I had an equal amount of actual humans who are pro mascots and people who drive sausage cars in my life at the same time. I'm proud of that. Tube meat. Do you have a Do you have a text thread called "Tube Meat on Wheels" or some shit? <laughs> I mean, I will now. Uh, all right. Okay. What are we? What's going on? <laughs> so it's called the Big Taste Grill. Okay. And it, it's basically like a big taste grill sounds like an American diner in China. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so it's basically, it's a, a sausage shaped tanker trailer. That's just one giant grill. And for a wow. while it was, it was decorated as a sausage, but from far away and without the curl, it kind of looked like a poop. So they switched it to that. Let me ask you this. Does that thing go down the freeway at 78 miles an hour and they're still grilling back there? <laughs> Would be rad, 100% no. And I blame America's interstate speed limit laws. I changed okay. my answer. You should be able to grill at yep. 78 miles per hour. That's my Open answer. Open your sunroof. I'm tossing it in. <laughs> oh, well, Wink. hold on. That's what, that's what he said. <laughs> I like that I'm just catching <laughs> the, the, the Benny Hill episode. Just like 100% yakety sacks. Oh, oh, they're really yakety. There was they're a... They're skanking was, and yakking yeah, tonight. I used to, years and years ago, I used to close at a bar and I would bring in my laptop and I would bring in a Nintendo, original 8-bit Nintendo. And you could choose, like, do you want to play something from the internet or do you want to play video games? Because Sunday nights were super slow. 
and we got into a discussion one night that this bar had a full DJ system and I had yakety sax on there and we tried to find a video that wasn't made funnier by playing yakety sax in the background. And let me just say it got really dark because eventually you run out of funny things and then you start trying to find like sad <laughs> things and it doesn't yeah. work. And the sad part is it does like some of the most somber occasions in the last hundred years that have been filmed hilarious with that behind it. I was going to say for sure, <laughs> especially if you're all just sitting ripping shots. Uh, all right. So Charles, what is your answer? Well, we all know that I love my hashtag dumb, dumb, uh, dumb, dumb time, <laughs> dumb, dumb time. Dum dum. I watch, uh, and, and it makes me happy in a multitude of ways, but uh, I watch like all the various international seasons of uh, Love is Blind. Ah. I just finished Love is Blind Sweden like a week ago. And <laughs> it's just like such a fascinating human social experiment. God, I, eventually, I know I'm just going to have to watch this fucking show. For better or worse. I think the season that came out this week was I believe it was the season that was recorded in Minnesota, but it seems like people apply from all over the place. Mm. So it was, it's been hard to infer. I only watched a single episode. But that's a good example, and no spoilies, but like there are people that appear on these shows where you get a first impression of them, and you're like, oh, man, I don't like this guy. And then sometimes they come out of their shell, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, hey. maybe, maybe he's misunderstood. Yeah. So as long as you're kind of open to that and trying to just... Well, that's how I'm a top chef. Oh, for sure. Like, it's I, comical how unrealistic all the characters are at this point. Like, they've turned it into the real world, where you got to have, like, the mad sure. woman and the Pretty guy who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, overproduced yeah. stuff. Yep. Absolutely. My favorite thing is with dating shows, particularly Netflix has a whole bunch of dating shows with people that you can tell they selected because they thought they were huge dum-dums, which is perfect for dum-dum time. But they have like the dating show where you're not allowed to do anything physical or you get fined because mm -hmm. there's a big pot of money. I forget the name of it. Anyways, there's like three seasons. And I find myself being really endeared to the people on the show because they actually, it turns out a lot of them are super nice and misunderstood. And they feel like they have to portray a character in their real life that they are not actually in yeah. their like, yeah. you know, deepest inner heart. And I kind of love that because it's very much a social experiment where you can infer who somebody is based on like how deep they get into understanding why they behave the way that they do. And it's a similar thing with shows like Love is Blind where you learn things about people. The fascinating thing about that is obviously they're learning things about one another and then they can air quotes fall in love with somebody. And then that moment where they look at each other, you you wait with bated breath when they open those doors because you're like, uh, I think she's going to be upset. Mm -hmm. And then you can see immediately that they zoom right in, the look on their face, and you could try and infer like, yeah, I don't think this is going to last. Or, Ooh. oh, I think it's okay. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, perfect dumb, dumb time material. Yeah. No, we watched a ton of that too. Like yeah. Love is Blind and then also, what's the one where they just get married at first sight? That one? I think it's Married at married First Sight. First it's called sight. Married at First called? Sight. I haven't watched that yet, but I bet I would love it. It's the cringiest shit I've ever seen in my Ooh, entire life. Watch. It's so good. Uh, Must watch. The one that, it's the first season you can stream on Netflix. It's, okay. there's like, there's this guy. He's so awful. Like, so awful. And like, 
there's like 29 episodes and they're all like an hour and a half long. <laughs> and like it gets to the point where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. But those first 13 episodes are like so amazingly cringy. So it's like 90 Day Fiance level where there's 70 spinoffs of one premise. Yeah, but it's like, so they follow each, it, it's like. So I've it never out, watched any of these. Starts I'm out, they just like, they this. follow the people first, like the individuals, and then they get, they just get married. And then they see each other for the first time. And now they're just married. Because like, they work okay, with so like. Okay, so when they meet, that's the wedding? And th- this is the craziest part. They're all okay. from the same fucking city. Oh, I think so, it's a family. So they've like, I was gonna believe they've you. actually like run into each other before. Oh, wow. And they, like, might know each other. And then they have to see each other after this shit. That's so fucking weird. It's all, like, they're all from, like, Dallas or some shit. It's wild. Typical Dallas. And there's this one, man, there's this one guy. He's awful. He's so bad. And he's, like, a villain. It gets to the point where he's just, like, a villain. And he's, like, but it's, like, he's, like, pretends he's, like, ultra-religious. And like, then like the woman he marries is like super religious. So like, and he just like gaslights the shit out of her the whole time. Man, it's wild. You gotta watch it. It's God so great. It. Okay, right. watch it. Like, I'm gonna have thirteen to episodes, it. and they're like, it's gonna like you're gonna like just not care after a while, but like, what... man, just watch it. So watch thirteen hours and see what you think. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> spend thirteen hours of your life. Uh, I'll watch watching it. A thing that uh, some random bartender from Minneapolis recommended for you. I, know, I like, need. Spend. I need dumb, dumb time stuff. Yeah, though, yeah that's like, what it is. It's, a lot of times I don't want to, it's exactly the way that Quam framed this. And we talk about this kind of thing a lot because it's, you know, it's at, at the same time, it's healthy and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I don't want to pick, I don't want to select something. Yep. I just want to throw something on and then I'll like play with the dog yeah. or like I will pay attention when it's good and I'll half pay attention when it's bad. But sometimes you have to give yourself the grace to be able to do that. Not everything has to be productive. There's also like, there's a certain, uh, what's the term? When you're watching these, when you're watching people put themselves in these situations, it's like cathartic in some way. Like voyeuristic? Sure. Voyeuristic, but like, uh, there's like a, know, it's like one of those German. Schadenfreude? Yeah, it's a Schadenfreude mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Where it's like, yeah. it's like when I lived in Arizona, uh, when I wanted to feel like when I was homesick, I would go to Target, and mm-hmm. when I felt depressed, I would go to Walmart, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I would like walk around Walmart and be like, "There's like, and the, you know, I'm in my 20s, and like, there's a couple with like five kids that are covered in Kool Aid stains, and they're out of control, and like, at least I'm not doing that, right, Rob? <laughs> I, that's <laughs> you know, my like, no, um, it's it's that. That's what the, that's what yeah. some of that is, though. It's like, and I think that's why it's like a feel good thing for so many people. It's like, well, Jesus Christ, at least I'm not like. I'm like, my life isn't the point where like I have to submit to like marry someone I've never fucking seen before. We were talking about this earlier. Like the kind of thing you can kind of have the Minnesota nicety about yep. is something sure. like that. Cause it's designed for that yeah. where you're like, it's schadenfreude. Like, ah, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I shit. just, I want to roll around in whatever feeling I'm having yeah. and that, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, I did not realize, I don't talk about this show very much, and I didn't realize that this was as, as polarizing as it is. But uh, two different times, I have been absolutely scorned for being a huge Rick and Morty fan. Oh. I That show, when I need to just, like, turn it off, yeah. it has a way 
it's fast dialogue. There's lots of references, which I enjoy, some of which I miss, and then I'll watch or I'll watch again. And then it's like, oh wait, what yeah. wait, did he just fucking say that? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like that's like there's two sides to that, right? Like there's you can just be a Rick and Morty fan, but then you can be like someone who like thinks that like what Rick and Morty represents should like be the way you like live your life. Of it's course. Like, there's like the neckbeard side of it. Yes. And then there's like just like I can just casually watch a fucking adult cartoon. Yeah, like someone like, okay. someone who you don't have to feel bad. Someone who's incel it. adjacent. Yeah. Who thinks that Rick's ag, uh, sort of like a aggressive ignorance of everyone else around him and his uh, his superiority complex. Like I get that there are people that enjoy that. What I what I love about it is. If I take it in, like, if I'm having a shit day or if I just want to fucking check out or if I'm a little high, I love putting it on because if you smush the two of them together and then ostensibly all the other main characters, you form a, an actual human. And there's times where there's a bit of Rick that wants to come out. There's times where there's a bit of Morty that wants to come out. And I find that, like, calming. And I also think that it's hilarious because... and I. I guess it's because I've been a Dan Harmon fan for a long time. I've always enjoyed the way that he has gone over the top with comedy and then sneaks in a couple real fucking gut punches of emotion. Mm -hmm. Because I also like, it's like a spoonful of sugar helps medicine go down kind of shit. Like every now and then I need a reminder that like, Oh yeah. Like if you actually watch the arc of like Rick, who's the smartest guy in the entire universe, like he tries to kill himself basically at least once per season because he's not happy with life. Like that's the, to me, like that's the point. If you have, uh, like I have tattoos on both of my arms that are based around to have all knowledge means more pain. Like that's, that's a thing. And then you have people who choose to stay ignorant that just like blissfully walk through life. I think that show kind of celebrates that but in a pleasing way that I don't have to think about that if I don't want to, yeah. I could just laugh at like fart jokes and uh, you know, fucking yeah. there's a guy named Mr. Poopy butt on the yeah. show. I like that. It's those things all smushed together. Yeah. It's yeah. It's you shouldn't have to worry about uh, people that worry about what. Well, I, yeah, watch. It's not going to change if I watch it or not. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, I didn't know if you had originally meant, it's because of like the Justin Roiland stuff. Yeah, the Justin Roiland stuff is like, well, that's gross. Like, but it's also like, yeah, like, yeah, that shit's gonna fucking happen. Like, God damn it, that's just gonna happen. Like in every, it will continue to happen until and we it, fix the problem. Should, yeah, of actually, how like, gross men yeah. are. But it doesn't have, doesn't mean because he had something to do with it. Like that's why you watch it. Like that's oh yeah for sure, way, for sure for sure but like that's like, but that's what people you... people just like associate it with the thing right. that they saw a headline about right yeah, yeah it's right. like oh that's that show where yeah like, I watch pro wrestling and yeah Vince McMahon I mean Jesus Christ well, all of, of shit. yeah like the legacy of pro wrestling is awful <laughs> like like everything that has to do like the way they treated everyone you know what I mean it's mm -hmm. like like and it's mostly in the in the, the McMahon family you know what I mean like just like like he was always been an asshole yeah. Like that well, family's been horrible. Well, what he's accused of now is yeah. objectively yeah. horrifying. A new level of horrific. I'm yeah. a huge wrestling fan too, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like sure. like it was just part of like man when I was when I was like 19 through 22, 
like, and it was like peaking even yeah. before that shit, like 16. Right. What did for me, like I just watched a, there's a YouTube like mini documentary where the undertaker and mankind, uh, like watch the hell in the cell match. Yeah. yeah. Oh that man. That's so, that's so cool to watch them. It's just great the to like watch them talk about it. it. Yeah. It's amazing. And like, and talking about it together. Like, Mick Foley, like actually lost part of his like mouth. Yeah. That day. Like, mm. wow. It's mind boggling. Tooth in the nose. Yeah. yeah. It went through his lip. Yeah. His tooth went dislodged from his mouth. It went through his lip and then was lodged in his nose. Yeah. I remember watching that live. Fuck. And we were just like yeah. in a basement, yep. probably stoned, just like, what is happening right yep. now? This can't Looked get like- any crazier. Like, why does he keep getting up? We're like, why does he keep getting up? Because he wasn't supposed to. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even. He out. wasn't supposed to fall through the cage. Yeah. Oh, that's so fucked up. Not like that, anyways. Yeah. It technically was supposed to loosen itself on a different spot, but he got choke slammed through the cage after he came back. After he got thrown off the top of the cage through the announcer's table. What a fucking psychopath! And now, by the way, Mick Foley says he wants to. Lose weight and do one more death match as a retirement no. match. And I'm like, why do these old timers, even the ones no, who are stop. like, because for 20 stop. years he's been saying, I can't yeah. do this ever again. Yeah. And he now he's walk. like, you know what? I'll None do one more. Walk. Like, no, he's, he is so banged up. That yeah. dude is so banged up. I, I hope for his sake that he does not follow through. No, no. Again, I want my turn the brain off TV. I don't want to be looking at people and be like, I'm worried for your health and are you yeah. going to survive this? You know? It's like, fine, but it's, but it's we're, we're becoming empathetic. Yeah, so, it's, that's the problem. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I've always regretted my enjoyment of certain things because of the damage that it has done to the people that entertain me. Mm-hmm. Pro football, mixed martial arts, pro wrestling, like makes me sad. I don't want to see someone get knocked out yep. because yeah. I know that it's going to do damage to their brain. That part is the part that is unsavory. And with wrestlers, I'm glad that particularly in WWE, it's so much safer than it used to be. Yeah. They don't really let them do this, you know, unprotected chair shots with like actual steel chairs. Mm-hmm. Where guys were just ringing one another's bells every week, they are not allowed to do stuff like that anymore, which makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It's about ring psychology. It's not about fucking bludgeoning one another. Yeah, our generation's changing everything. <laughs> really? Okay. Used <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, well, to me. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> we're like exennials, right? Is that the term for us? I, like I still millennial? I identify wholly as Gen X. Yeah. Same. I'm That's millennial adjacent. Yeah. But yeah, Gen X. I mean, Xennial is like, yeah, I get, I get why that exists. Yeah, like, and then elder, like elder millennial, zillennial, my Gen Xer. There is some like watercolors blending there, depending on also how you grew up and where you yeah. grew up. You experience things of you had generational artifacts of Gen X. And maybe none of what people that grew up in like LA that were the same age experienced. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This has something to do with it as well. Sure. I haven't, yeah, I haven't thought about it like that. We're cuspers. Yeah. We're on the cusp. Well, that's the thing though, is that 
it's when does it sink in? Like you were saying, right? Like for yeah. me, I I was kind of all the formative things happened in the early nineties for me. Like yeah. I found my own music. I found my own tribe, hip hop first, and then grunge a couple years later. So I could talk about being angry and I could talk about being sad. <laughs> I fell in love, had my first love, lost my virginity. Like all of that happened when it was still solidly Gen X world. Yeah. And then internet really happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that when AOL Middle and all school. that shit. Yeah. You know, cause at that point I was in high school. That's the noise you need. Like a fucking the modem, dial up modem <laughs> connecting. <laughs> I have, Haunts I, have my dreams. I have a dumb old stand up joke about that, but I'm not going to tell it on this fucking podcast. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, but that we had all of that, and then it was like, then everything sort of shifted. And then you had the, the giant move to either pop music or like performative burn the world down music. You know, like everybody either had to be fuck everyone or I love everything and I love you. And like that, to me, that's the, that's the level. Like where was your, what do you consider the formative experience? Sure. And for, for me, that's, I think that's why, even though I think I was born in 79 and Gen X ends at what, 80? Uh, yeah. I was, but yeah. I was early to a lot of life stuff. Parents split when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So like all of the, all the Gen X drama yeah. growing up, it all identified with me. Yep. You know, like to this day, if you wanted to get me to openly weep in front of people, you either have to play the Ben Vereen episode of Fresh Prince when he comes back, he's Will's dad, he comes back and then decides he changes his mind, doesn't want to come on the road. Sure. And Will does this whole like, why you don't care about me? It's great that we know Ben Vereen from that, but also from fucking Zoobly Zoo. Well, I mean, let's go with that. Zoobly Zoo. <laughs> oh. But it's, you either have to play that or the end of Field of Dreams when he's like, hey, dad. Want to catch like those two? I've still? never seen Field of Dreams. Oh boy! Sorry, uh, at all. Sorry. I was too busy listening to Pearl Jam. There you go. Well, at some point you're gonna <laughs> see it, and especially now being a dad, the end of that movie is gonna fuck you up I'm on a sure. wholly different level. I was at one point in my twenties. I was DJing at a club, and they had like one of the TVs that had been stuck on ESPN all night had just flipped to them running sports movies. And it's like, it's like midnight. There's 1,500 people in the club. What a, what and, a horrible place. And the fucking ending scene is on. And I straight up just had like fucking big boy tears streaming down oh, both my cheeks. Yeah. This poor girl came up to like ask if she could request some terrible song. And I looked at her. She goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And just turned around and walked away. <laughs> like, no, we're good. I just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fucked up 80s childhood. Uh. <laughs> Man, so. Kevin Costner has done so much shit. Dude, what a wide berth of just genres that he has tackled and, like, oh, yeah. done so well. Yep. Like, he's never sucked at anything. <laughs> like, gangster movies, like, like uh, post-apocalyptic sci-fi shit twice. And, like... Mm. um. Baseball, fucking fantasy movies. Uh, other base, two baseball movies. Two baseball movies because he was a full Durham. 
Bull Durham and uh, and Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Oh, Kevin Costner sucked in one fucking thing. That's for sure. What draft day? What's a draft day? It's a football movie, and oh. he did a golf movie. Draft yeah. day. Draft day is fucking sucks. <laughs> it's really. But, wait, but isn't um, isn't that's the first time I ever saw Chadwick Boseman? Isn't it? Isn't he one in of the draft, draft picks? Yeah, it couldn't have been one of the first times though. Hold this draft day. Was it? When did this come out? Let's find out. Oh, I don't even remember. It's a really bad movie about okay. what the NFL draft is supposedly like. But you could tell it was a thing where no one understood the source material, so it came okay. out very forced. Did he like direct most, it? Like, like most like, movies about chefs? No, he was just sure. in it. Like most movies about yeah. chefs. Right? Yeah. 100%. Like, like, where's the parsley? Where's the parsley? Yeah. <laughs> That's not how this goes. <laughs> Come on. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Draft date. 2014. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the, that is, oh, wait. God, it's bad. So bad. God, the amount of guests, uh, yeah, like uh, you... people playing themselves is amazing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of actual players that were in it. Am I huh. crazy though? Chadwick Boseman is one of the players that. I don't remember that. Maybe I'm fucking, what was he in? All right, well, we'll solve this later. Yeah. Listeners yelling <laughs> at their fucking phone or car stereo or. What was Chad Whatever. Bozeman in? Probably lots of movies. Lots of stuff. Yeah. Everything. That Wonderful actor. Oh, we love him so very much and wish he was still with us. Yep. Um, well, all right. So in lieu of finding a better answer, <laughs> on this, he was in draft day. Okay. All right. He was Vontae Mack. He's one of the players. Oh, I remember the name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was, that. I, I'm sure maybe I've seen him before, but that was the first before movie. That. I remember the look on his face when he looked at the camera for the first time and being like, ooh, like that dude fucking has something that like certain yeah. people just have. Like they just jump out to you across the screen. And basically from that point on, I tracked him. I think we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oof. Draft day. back. All right. There it is. So I shouldn't watch it, but maybe I should think about it. Hey, or Schadenfreude. Or maybe you like it. It could just be Freudenfreude. Yeah. It's also fun. It's joy from other people's so be, joy. You're going to be happy for them for that? Yeah, why not, man? Okay. okay. We're doing whatever we can. I did name a beer that. It's a great word. I know. That's why Freud I wanted to reference it. Hey. Yeah. Was the beer called Freudenfreud? Yeah, it was a falling knife beer. Oh, I probably had it. It was excellent. I've, it was a lot of like We made a really beautiful illustration with a lighthouse on it. Correct. Maybe uh, I'll bring it back some. I had that. I had that. Yeah, the one with the lighthouse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, so Rob, that's, that's how those beers are kind of recognizable to me. <laughs> no, but like I remember those beers because like they make so many goddamn Thank beers, you. and it's like then you'd like think of an image and say, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah there for sure." Yeah, I only one, made like three hundred packages. Yeah, for them, so. the one with the thing on the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, but the, like for real, yeah, the thing with the thing. Ah, the thing. Uh, well, you are the proprietor of a James Beard nominated hot dog program and bar program. Uh, given the fact that you are so plentiful with your website. If people wanted to learn more about your bar and your world, where would you suggest they go? I think like Instagram is where we uh, are good at telling people what we're doing. Which um, is the is the controversy in searching for you on Instagram finally finished? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I had to turn a dot into a dash. Perfect. Um, 
Yeah. Wait, is this from when you first opened? Because I remember when yeah. I kept trying to tag you. I think we lost like work. we lost like thirteen hundred followers. Probably so stupid. Yeah. So we had to like change the thing. That was back before you couldn't just change your name. Right now you can just do that on Instagram, so it's fine now. It's meteor um, underscore mpls, not meteor like m e a t i e r. Even like I want more enough hot dogs. Yeah, if you eat enough hot dogs, you can get meteor at meteor, like the celestial. Being yeah, which definitely was named that because Rob loves Final Fantasy as much as I do. That is a big part of it. There's also a part of it that has to do with uh, we're in the Hawthorne neighborhood of North Minneapolis. Um, and uh, the neighborhood is named for Nathaniel Hawthorne who wrote The Scarlet Letter. Yep. And the point of transition and like the, the most pivotal kind of point in that story is uh, there's like a meteor um and that's when everything starts to change to like good and for myself and my former business partner we were going through extreme change and all of the names that we thought of for bars uh people were shitting on <laughs> except for meteor um but like we couldn't call it hawthorne uh even though it'd be the perfect name for a bar uh because of the hawthorne strainer I would um, love if you guys only use julep strainers in a bar called Hawthorne. That'd be amazing. We, we could really get away happy. with it because we don't have, I mean, we stir in tins. Like, <laughs> we don't, you know, like once in a while we'll break out like a nice, like, Corico or glass, like, a uh, uh, stirring vessel. But mostly you're just going to get your drink stirred in a tin or right in the glass that you're going to drink it out of. Cause, Luck out. Because it still works. And Shit it's happens fine. When you party and naked. we're trying to get those drinks in your hands, guys. We got three mm. deep sometimes. So, um, so yeah, partially, partially that, partially my obsession with Final Fantasy, um, and it's just kind of like a cool name. It just, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything. Um, it it is just Meteor. Um, it's not Meteor Bar. Um, for everybody that's wondering <laughs> or sees it publicized as uh, Meteor Bar, but yeah. Uh, Instagram for sure. Um, yeah. It's Meteor underscore MPLS. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hells yeah. Uh, it's a good bar. Stop in. Enjoy it. Good uh, ass bar. Old ass old bar. Old ass bar. Good, good ass, ass drinks. drinks. Thank you. Which is so fucking true. <laughs> uh, Charles, we have, we, we will be posting the live stream link on our socials. Uh, for our crazy dark lunch slash elimina- elimination chamber live from Perth. Yeah, you'll hear more about it on the episode that comes out the week that we're doing this. I don't know when you're listening to this episode. But yeah. Yes. The live show will be the 24th of February. So look for look for that if you're interested, if you want to stay up super late. Depending where you live, it might be the 23rd. Yeah, and if you want to <laughs> fucking, if you want to throw in questions or comments on the live stream, do it. Uh, we'll we see, would, yeah, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> it might just be us with a camera on us eating together. Who knows? With nerdy, just but, fucking watching wrestling and making Quam guess whose entrance music. By the is. song. <laughs> uh, but the menu we're putting together is already ridiculous. And uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, until next time, take care of each other. Say something nice randomly to somebody. And you know what? Things are going great, but please throw a review up. Just give us a rating. Be nice. Yeah, when Uh, people review us, just weirdly, Yeah, just (laughs) give us some stars. You don't even have to write words. Too many of you listening to not just click that star. Yeah. 
the just fifth one. Please do that if you would be kind enough. Uh, <laughs> things are kind of popping off for us, and we we would like to be able to back up all that we do, not just with listener stats, but also with ratings from all you. Austria, click the fifth star. Yes. Okay. Australia, also click also, the fifth star. Yeah. It's not trying to kill you. Japan, Canada. Love you. The one listener in Norway. Yeah, that's good night. Wow. All right. Trick po fam. <laughs> Let's go, girls. All right.